Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Big Screen Podcast. I'm Will, and as ever, I am joined by Theo Stokes. How are you, Theo? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> that was an unconventional intro, I understand. Uh, the audience will be oblivious to what I've just done. Uh, but yeah, we are joined by a guest this week uh, to review something fairly special, uh, depending on if you're a fan or not. Who is the mysterious guest, I wonder? I am Short Round, the best character in Temple of Doom, aka Jamie from Mario Bowser 494 in a disguise, just for fun. Yeah, uh, we'll get to that film eventually, but um, as ever, we're going to continue with the franchise reviews. And this week, as Jamie pointed out privately, this is the third Disney-owned franchise we're reviewing in a row. So, uh, yeah. Disney owns Indiana Jones? I was surprised by that as well. Uh, I think in 2013. Disney, Disney bought Lucasfilm, which includes Star Wars as well as Indiana Jones. They also have the rights to Howard the Duck, which is how he had a cameo in both Guardians movies. Yeah, so let's get to know you, I suppose. I know you fairly well from other recordings and whatever, but uh, being a movie podcast, let's talk about movies. So, you know, what's your favourite films? Actors, directors, what's your kind of go-to? Expect a very long answer for this, because if I start with movies, I go like, movies is, is like my biggest love outside of Doctor Who, because it is, yeah, especially like the past few years, I've been watching a lot more movies, but my favorite movie i have like a different one for like different genres but my all-time favorite movie which i could just go back to anytime is back to the future like especially like the first two i love the trilogy as a whole they're all 10 out of 10s but the first two are just you know ever so special and i can't really pick which is my favorite between the two but i'm gonna go with the first one because it has more iconic scenes Mm, what's the one in the desert uh that's the third one it is my okay it is my least favorite, but it's still a 10 out of 10 masterpiece, like yeah. number seven out of 110 films in my film ranking last year. It's still very high. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The only films which... Yeah, it's, it's still very high. Mm. And I've, I've got loads of other films I adore. Jurassic Park is one of them. Yeah. Shaun of the Dead. Um, recently, Donnie Darko, I've been obsessed over that. Mm. And yeah, I've just... I just really like films in general, to be honest. How about the Indiana Jones franchise that we're going to be reviewing today and discussing? Um, to, to be honest, I didn't really watch the franchise much until this rewatch. Like, I watched Raiders a ton, but not really much of the other films. Like, I watched them all years and years ago. And I, I like, when I first watched them, it's, um, I rewatched Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. And we'll get to that a little bit later. But then after that, it's still years to, like, since I saw the whole franchise. So I decided to do this one as it's a nice excuse to go and rewatch all the films. And I mean, can I give my opinion on the franchise overall now or should yeah. I wait a little bit? Well, overall, I absolutely adored this um, this series. It's just, it is like, it's probably common to say, but it is the quintessential action adventure film series because it's just yeah. perfect in every way of that genre like obviously they're not perfect movies but in terms of the action adventure genre it's perfect in that way <laughs> harrison ford is just on top form every time and the action is superb in every film mm. particularly in raiders i'd say i think the, mm. the first one and last crusade i think last crusade is probably my favorite of the uh of the four but um i'm not gonna say yeah. my favorite just yet Okay, okay, but yeah, I haven't rewatched Crusades yet, but um, from memory, it is perfect. But uh, how about you, Theo? I have always and I absolutely love all the three films. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love the trilogy, it is 
my one of my favorite trilogies of all time. Yep. Yeah, or trilogy and the one with the fridge. The fourth can go fuck itself, frankly. Yeah. Well, as Steven Spielberg says, that last film, the fourth film, was only made to make a quick buck, you know, for the studio and whatever. So you can yeah. kind of and like you can tell good. you can tell George Lucas was involved with all the sci-fi stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, fucking eight. Oh, <laughs> let's get let's get back to the fridge movie. Um. Later. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. God, yeah. yeah. I don't want to go there. To be fair, I don't want to watch it. Fear's gonna have a seizure over here, so we should probably get into Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is yes. you know universally yeah. seen as a good film. Uh, again we have the audience interaction sections that we'll get to you know at the end of each associated film we won't stay on each film for long like well, i'm not allowed to go through all the costumes of indiana Jones. no no well, well, we what other costumes does he have aside from yeah, indy I'm with the fedora indy without the fedora let me get the list up <laughs> oh, yeah i the, don't um, think there's a list but yeah if we want to talk about the outfit before we actually get into the film then let's why not that outfit is like the staple of indiana jones i think like without the outfit and i've i watched have either of you seen the making of uh movie associated with this franchise uh no i've been meaning to at some point but i haven't gotten it's around so to it. kind of prioritizing other asked. films how about you Theo? have you seen the making of i can't be asked to watch it oh man but it's just like the costume designer and they went through a couple of little designs and they they made the conscious effort of, you know, it's got to fit the character and it's got to fit the adventure. You can imagine him wearing it off screen, you know, it's mm. like it's meant to be him. And I absolutely see that. Like I just watched Temple of Doom and I think even in this weird situation where it gets all horrific and whatever and wearing it, he's still wearing it, you still think damn he still rocks that even though he's bloody evil and then of course he takes it off and whatnot and then actually the decision to you know have rips and make it like look worn was like before the first day of filming harrison ford was with his stylist or not his stylist you know the costume designer and he's like do you have a knife or something and then he literally made shreds out of this um jacket so it's like a proper nice jacket designer's heart yeah and then they had to do that with all the other 10 jackets that they had made for it so they've written 10 perfectly amazing expensive jackets. I would have bought one if I was alive in the 80s yeah and they got like the hat like custom stylized for his, like the shape of his head and whatnot, which you'd expect from a like a multi-million pound production or whatever but they yeah that's the still a nice that. touch they got the budget for it yeah what was the budget for Raiders of the Lost Ark I'm intrigued I think it was, I think it was like um, I, th- I think it was over like t- it was it was really cheap it was like well cheap from film stand- standards I, yeah. it was only it was only about 20 million dollars like yeah, i think right. i yeah. can't remember whether that's adjusting for inflation or not but even then it's quite cheap for film standards if if we're talking million. inflation it's probably like that times 1.8 or something like that so it's probably around 38 million 36 that's, million that's, it's like still that. quite cheap though let, 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 yeah less absolutely than, less than 40 million for such a big film yeah it's, it's surprising how low budget some like older films were exactly now it's like endgame's budget of like 300 million or whatever yeah it's funny you mentioned the mcu there because alfred molina is in this yes doc ock yeah when i found out i was like wow Oh, was this it? is his very first oh of course. yeah and the yeah. um the te- the temple scene was his very first day on set so yep. very first acting role they covered him yeah. in tarantulas way to pick on the new guy and that like one little sequence him. took days to film i heard oh, sorry for you it wasn't killed him but yeah yeah you know the the opening is one of the best openings to a film ever 
Yes, and the big boulder. Uh, they didn't actually realize it was going to be that big. So, you know, uh, they were expecting some, like this really small thing. So, like, the actual passage through the caveway was meant to be, like, really short. But then when they saw the big boulder, they were like, we've got to extend the sequence. And that's how they ultimately, you know, had the climax of the scene be that big boulder. Dun-dun-dun. There's exactly. often, like, a discussion, like, what's his most iconic role? Do you think it's San... Is it Han Solo or Solo? Han Solo. Han Solo. You know, you look... I am sorry for the Star Wars fans out there, but I hate the franchise and I don't give a bloody crap about that franchise, so, you know, that's why we're not going to cover it. But Han Solo, yeah? Yes, Han Solo. Okay, what I saw a TikTok the other day and they were like oh, these actors are always going to be, you know, associated to this role. And one of them was Harrison Ford to Han Solo. So my question is, do you think he's more associated to Han Solo than Indiana Jones? Which would you say is more iconic? I, I can't I can't make the decision at the moment, but I, I actually, um, most of the films I watched on my own, but I actually watched Raiders with my mum. Um, so I asked, I asked her... Um, whether you know she she thinks like um, Harrison Ford is more famous for Han Solo or Indiana Jones, and she thought Indiana Jones because Han Solo is you know technically a, a secondary character. He's not the main of um, Star Wars, whilst he is obviously the main of Indiana Jones. So you're going to remember the main characters you know slightly more than the um, secondary mm. characters, even if Han Solo is beloved. And to be honest, I think I agree with her. I think I agree with her. He is the face of this franchise, so yeah, I can understand that. Fear, what do you reckon? Um, my dad reckons Han. That's just because he's Star Wars. A Star nerd. Wars fan, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. Clarify, my mum isn't too big on Star Wars. Yeah, I'd say Indy because Indy is plastered everywhere, whereas Han is like with Star Wars. He's a give or take, like if he's going to be on the posters or any on the merchandise. Whereas with Indiana Jones, it, it kind of had like in the Lego sets. Indy's in every Lego set, but Han is not in every Lego set. Hmm. That's how I rate importance is how many Legos that say appear in. I am going to talk about the Lego um, stuff, um, especially for Crystal Skull, because I've got some stuff I want to say about that. I will get, we'll oh, get to got, that. I've got to research that. Uh, so what do you guys think of Indiana Jones being a pedophile then? Wait, what? Oh, oh, oh wait. Oh, uh, I, think I, know <laughs> I think I know what you're saying. I think I know what you're saying. And to be honest, I didn't even notice it until you mentioned it. Did you? And know? No, I, I didn't. I didn't put two and two together and this is the guy who watches inside number nine and should be looking out for plot twists and stuff i suppose i yeah. just wasn't looking for it it's like I oh mean, what's her name um marion. Uh, marion of course yeah marion just like oh i was like a kid when we fell in love and whatever and then at the end it's like um oh i didn't actually know this but i was told that marion was actually 15 at the time of that whole how old was indy probably yeah because you gotta remember the he's age, so like the 30s I can imagine. Well, the actor does it. That's not Indy's age, is it? Okay. Then, in, well, then technically, Indy's older in two, but he's not because he's younger. Age in Raiders of the Lost Ark. I like everyone just quit frantically typing to see if he's a pedo or not. Indiana Jones is 37 years old in Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Marion was 15. Actually, no, it was 10 but, years before, wasn't it? So, yeah, so yeah, Marion would have been 15, he would have been 27. Still dodgy. Yeah, that's still dodgy, but not it's, as bad as a 30 year old and a 50 year old. That's just that's dodgy, but like. <laughs> also, it's the like, have you seen Into the Wild? It's like, uh, uh, it's, it's a society film. It's quite good, but there's like a whole society. Like, with like, he falls in, like, he doesn't fall in love, but like a young underage girl like falls in love with him. Sean Penn. Sean Penn film. Probably. 
I'm, I'm, I'm just looking on Letterboxd because I've never heard of it. Because was there a thing with Marion fell in love with Indian and he was like, yeah, i got to get the fuck out of her because, you know, <laughs> I don't want to be classed as a nonce here. It, it kind of makes it difficult to, you know, back the character when you find out, you know, he, he had... Like, it didn't really touch upon it again. It was sort of that one throwaway line and I do wonder why George Lucas... They probably forgot that they in. wrote it, so honestly. They probably didn't even think it out. They were just like, yeah, put slash, slap young on there. Yeah, when we were young and then they were like, wait, she was, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ten years ago. Man, was 15. Like, oh, in universe old. that doesn't make it all right but outside of university just didn't realize then yeah i, su- I suppose it's like i mean but karen karen allen if we want to pull this back karen allen was excellent and i'm really glad they did bring her back in uh the crystal skull honestly i i forgot she was in crystal skull so when she, i didn't even notice that thing um with indian thing but if you just take that out marion <laughs> is top 10 female characters in film in my opinion like honestly i'm your goddamn she is the i mean you know how bond has bond girls like marion is the best indie girl i mean i know half of the indie girls are villains but still but yeah i I just to be honest i just love um everything about marion like how feisty and kick-ass she is in this film just she you know she's actually capable unlike willie She's just awesome, and she has um, you know, she she bounces off indie really well, and um, I yeah, I just really like her. I just she love the scene where like she's kind of quote unquote introduced, you know, in the bar, and she's out oh, drinking these people. Not yeah, people just like, get sloshed till you drop. Well, like an introduction to like a female character, that's quite like a out there introduction because that's not normally a way they would introduce, especially for the like early eighties. Masculine, exactly. They wouldn't like introduce like basically what's meant to be the sex appeal for this film yeah 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 early yeah. 80s what, set in the 30s because that's like what the others are meant to be they're meant to be like oh look at willie she's a showgirl look at the nazi she seduces indy whereas mara's like nah i'll fucking drink so also it's like she's it's the like one when the barrel breaks and she just goes because blah, 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 yeah. <laughs> she's the one who technically joins indy indy doesn't invite her marion's like no i'm coming to, with you but then this fails and end up Oh yeah, she gets kidnapped, and that's mm, the person. Yeah, she gets, she, 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 yeah, she gets kidnapped by evil German Harry Potter, as I like to call him. Oh yeah, and then oh, the stereotypical comes, Nazi, yeah. and then chooses not to save her. He's like, "Nah, you're good." Yeah, I mean, I always wondered why. What you know, when when the pot poker came, and it's like, why was Indy there? I thought he, I thought he left. Was he just sticking around? Was he just like? <laughs> to be fair, he left, and then the German guy literally came in five seconds later. So you can kind of. Oh, yeah, he probably, he probably saw around. this. Yeah, six foot guy with glasses and just going like good evening for i mean actually speaking of that it's kind of a side tangent but throughout like mm. the first part of the film i know ne- it never screamed 1930s like it's meant to be set what not 1936 but like, the university scenes especially they feel very modern they don't feel very 30s you get what i mean like yeah like the uh, the female students like would kind of dress and like had the persona of like a modern day girl so yeah i don't well modern day is in the 80s in that yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah. what i was trying to f- f- like what i'm thinking of is like you'd think of like the 1930 girls as like you know classy and whatever but then i think that's just like a misrepresentation of like history like history in history girls were probably very similar to what they are now except from you know bloody vapes and cigarettes and you know you that just yeah but you know a lot, a lot of research has gone into this <laughs> I, I see what you mean oh, oh, oh I, got, I got one um, so, we, so we talked about evil German Harry Potter yes. but he's but obviously he isn't the actual villain the proper villain of the story is Bollock I know his name is Belloc I know his name is Rene Belloc but I like calling him Bollock because it's funny 
Belloc, uh, Belloc, Belloc. Oh, is that the uh, mate? Like his quote unquote mate? Like, not the, fr- mate. the French guy. Yeah, the, the French, French guy. guy who's he's R- trying Rene. to like, compete Rene. with. Rene. Yeah, oh, Renee. Yeah, yeah. The, one who over. the one who freaking explodes at the end. Yeah. Like, one of the audience interaction section like people for this film were like um it's good until you realize that you know indiana jones doesn't have much influence across the film uh, in terms of like the end outcome i've got still a rebuttal happen. to that so oh, yeah, that's yeah, bullshit. yeah so do i but what my perspective of the film was was that it's more of a race instead of like an adventure so naturally these two are still going to cut cross paths eventually based on you know their hobby and whatever but uh my main rebuttal to his point there was that he you know discovered the tomb the lost ark he was the one who realized they were digging in the wrong part so like you know dug over there and he found it so you know he still had that you know adventure he still you know outsmarted them so he did have influence because without him he wouldn't have found the ark and whatever well do you guys i i I had a different rebuttal to that it's it's at the end of the film um so the Nazis have all melted, which I'll get to in a little bit. Mm. But um, the Nazis have all melted, and you know, India Marion are, are on their own, and they look at the Ark, and then smash cut to um, Washington D.C. and the Ark's there. How did India Marion get the Ark from the island to America? Swear. For me, the most yeah. significant role Indy played in the story was the scene we didn't see, as India Marion would have had to carry the Ark miles back there and load it onto a submarine and take oh, a submarine miles, without being seen by hundreds of nazis because there were still loads of nazis there so they had to take the ark back to the um the us but if indy wasn't there um obviously a party would be sent out to find out what happened to renee's group and the ark would have fallen back into nazi hands so say, yeah it, indy did american, contribute the american um like boat team they probably would have when they got back to thinking, land, yeah. be like hey we've just been mugged uh, can we do something about this please <laughs> But yeah, I, I kind of see your point because there's a scene like a bit earlier when they do discover the arc. It's like, you know, the staff that they need to be like a certain height to reflect the lights onto the stone yes. or whatever. The well of the souls. Yeah. Where the hell does the staff come from? Because they have the em- like the medallion or whatever to put on the staff, but he doesn't have like a rucksack or anything, right? He literally just goes down without a rucksack, without anything in his hands, just the rope that he's, you know, pulling himself down on. And then out of nowhere, he just pulls a long staff out of nowhere and i just think first of all where did he get that second of all where did it come from in terms from of his mary poffins bag obviously oh absolutely before he picked it up yeah but how like how well, he needed to make it i'm just going to assume he i'm just going to assume he was told the length then went over to a, a nearby tree and just cut it to the right length oh of course but you know it wasn't down there in the first place like, so we never saw that and that's why i think you know this film goes from set piece to set piece but it does miss a couple of things and i just think oh that's you know it doesn't if you have to sacrifice story to an extent with this film because it you know goes from one scene to the next to the next and it doesn't really let, let up it doesn't really breathe to actually think about what it's doing it's just like oh wow action whatever to be honest the kind of janky plot is um my main criticism with the film it's just um you know it, it is it is kind of a, a minor criticism but it is still there like there's just a lot a few plot holes and a few things which probably should have been explained like where did the staff come from how did india marion get the ark back to the u.s et cetera, yeah et cetera. and that's just problems with the writing how the actual film was made was 
practically flawless like at the start yeah. I, I loved the color grid i loved like the mini movie i heard another podcast describe it as like I, the starting sequence when they're trying to escape from the uh the temple that in itself is like a mini movie and i thought yeah that's brilliant and then you know set piece set piece and oh my favorite scene is when the plane fight sequence when they're like fighting oh, on the plane yes. wing and underneath the plane and you know the uh, and these punches are in time with the music so it's like bang Dun, dun. Oh, is it? I oh, yeah, of course, it's, yeah. It's, it's like it's like like no matter like depending on how high you punch, is like a different musical sting to it. I always find that really funny and kind of charming. I didn't realize it was part of the music. I just assumed it was like a sound effect that you know was blended with the music. But, uh, but the I don't know whether like it was in time with the music. I, I know the punches had a musical sting to it. That's kind of what I was meaning. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Fear. What? Why are your thoughts today? Not on today, uh, but just general thoughts. Well, on on today or on the today film? <laughs> <laughs> on the film um on the film today on the film today yes is there a film, film called today yeah i don't know is there a film called today what are your thoughts on the damn film i, I need to talk about one other villain who um never is mentioned the nazi Ooh. monkey then the, the that <laughs> monkey confused the hell out of me one moment it was <laughs> on the Nazi side one moment it was that on the Nazi side one moment it was on the Indiana Jones side one moment it wants to kill them and I thought what the hell's going on it, it's obviously an undercover Nazi spy to be honest I didn't know Hitler turned to animals um, for um, new recruits but I guess I just wasn't taught that in history maybe maybe P- Hitler has a pet parrot who can read a passage from Mein Kampf or something I don't know Hitler did um, like his animals yeah I was going to say didn't Hitler have a pet snake or something yeah, he had a pet dog, I think. Yeah. He loved animals, so it would be surprised if he branched down to monkeys. Yeah. Like I said, the chimpanzee Nazi, as I like to call it. Mm. Oh, another oh, great scene is, you know, figure. when they're in, uh, I don't know, like, you know, the temple and the surroundings and whatever, and, you know, he just pulls out a gun and shoots the guy, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and apparently it's just because um, Harrison Ford had, like, stomach cramps from the day before. So, <laughs> you know, they had, like, a, this really long sequence devised. And then because of the illness, they literally just had to cut it short. And then um, one of them just came up with the idea. It was like, why don't I just shoot him? And I think the choreographer so got quite annoyed at that. Oh, yeah, yeah like, because imagine like choreographing that like whole me. thing and for it not to happen or whatever. Yeah. That would suck. Well, but it, it resulted in a really Before, great scene. It is, it is a fantastic... It is, one of the, it is like one of the most iconic scenes in the film, like alongside the boulder and the ending. Yeah. and it was Speaking in, of the ending... Speak, oh, can, can I the ending, okay. It's a minor, right? Like, it's not a problem with the film itself, but it's around the film. Why the hell was this film rated PG? Like, yeah, before you say this was the 80s and they had a different rating system, why wasn't it changed? Like, the Terminator's rating was changed as time went on. I would not be like a PG film. It's like, yeah, in schools and stuff, they let you watch. A, they let you watch a PG film. So you bring in um, Indiana Jones, which has one one S word in there. Well, um, you just uh, that's not really important. But you have a Nazi being shredded by a helicopter, a Nazi's face being like the blood being drained out of it, another Nazi melting down to his skull, and Bollock blowing up. It's the same with Temple of Doom. I was like, how the hell is this not like a fifteen or an eighteen? Well, I think yeah, it's Temple of Doom like a twelve or something. They made cuts to it to make it a PG because you don't see a lot. But in Temple of Doom, there was a lot more that we missed out on, which is a shame. I mean, Temple of Doom was one of the first films which introduced the um, the twelve rating because they had no idea where to put it. It's like it's um it's a bit too gritty to be a PG, but it's not gritty enough to be like a fifteen or something. So you know, it, it wasn't if that the was first nowadays. So I would definitely class it as like a fifteen. There's been mm. some. To be honest, I class the ending of Raiders to be a fifteen, like just the ending because. 
that that's that's more violent than most slasher films. Peggy thirteen. You know the uh, melting face bit of like you know the the German. Yeah, don't get me wrong, it's a so bloody be, awesome scene. I just that don't was like apparently a practical effect. So like yeah. obviously they yeah. didn't burn the guy alive, but yeah, they made well, a fake yeah. person or something like I that. I mean yeah. that explains why it still holds up. That's very like well. that's slasher one hundred and one. Any slasher film that involves a melting character, they would just make a wax figurine and then just melt it with actual fire. Mm. And like if any of you see, well, I doubt you would, but if any of you seen Hellraiser, they do that same effect, but they do it in reverse for like uh-huh. someone coming into being. So they have a wax model, they melt it, and then in editing, they switch around so it looks like he's building up. I really oh. need to watch Hellraiser. Like I'm not a big fan of horror, but I prefer. I'm not a big fan of horror. I'm I'm much more of a fan of thrillers and stuff. Not it's not like I hate horror. I just think thrillers are more interesting. I'm, but, uh, I'm a horror guy. Yeah, he's, it's, it's not for everyone. He's trying to tell me to watch Hellraiser for a few months now. I did watch The Exorcist though, and I'm still traumatized from it. Oh, we can't not talk about the scene, you know, where he's you know climbing over the jeeps to try and get oh, the yes. um, oh, thing back. That's that a fantastic he, sequence. That stunt man had balls. Notice how I said had because G's getting oh, dragged yeah, on yeah. the end by the um by the um the jeep. I don't think he has any anymore. Yeah, it's like when he was going underneath the jeep. I was like, holy crap, they're not committed to this. But then you actually see the guy, you know, bounce off the ground and whatever as he goes under the jeep. And I thought, holy crap, this is insane. My, my only issue with that sequence oh, is that no. there's one bit where the jeep where the jeep turns and you hear a lion roar over it. <laughs> it's like I think you got. I think you got the sound effect wrong there. Really? Uh, I've heard of you before. Yeah, yeah there's like, it does like a sharp right and the it's just, and you know, it's raw. The sound effects, you know, you'd expect them out of like an audio library because, you know, that um, scream sound effect is used a load of times. It's like, ah! Uh, that, oh, the that, Wilhelm scream. That's not, a, ignore what I just did there with my mouth. But it's like, you I know, like how we both like, well, I actually, Correct me if I'm wrong. Is the Wilhelm scream in every film? Because I think it may be. It's definitely in Temple of Doom and it's definitely in Raiders of the Lost Ark. I remember it being in Last Crusade. I can't remember if it was in Crystal Skull or not. If it's made by George Lucas, it's probably got the Wilhelm scream in it. Yeah. 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 Actually, speaking of Lucas, I just briefly mentioned this. In Raiders alone, Harrison Ford probably killed more stormtroopers than in um, all of Star Wars. And the reason I say this is because the Nazis he was fighting were the SA, which were nicknamed stormtroopers. Really? Yeah. You see, that's the history lesson that I forgot. I'm completely oblivious to history. What do you oh. guys? What did you guys have interpretations of for the um, ending scene? You know, when they go into the facility with the crate, and you know, we pan out, and they've had this like painting effect, where it's like the endless room of like box whatever because well thanks to crystal yeah. skull we now know that that's area 51 so it's kind of lost a bit of its mystique i think right. it yeah. moved i think they moved it because because when they was like those cr- no, no, like, uh, was, like i know you haven't rewatched crystal skull yet but there is a um like at the start is, of the opening scene in crystal skull takes place in area 51 it, it looks very similar to this and we know it's the well it, it it may be the same maybe maybe the arc got moved but there is a scene where one of the crates gets broken and you can see the arc of the covenant inside yeah. clearly just pointless fan service but still i like the idea that it was just in that other place the janitor was sweeping and opened it and like died to it and they were like fuck all right let's put this somewhere else yeah. mm. but it was just kind of in like the storage unit 
my interpretation was that, you know, the scene before they were like, oh, we're seeing great hands, we're looking into it actively, our top experts are, you know, looking into it. And then my interpretation as they, you know, were rolling into this big room was that they were kind of forgetting about it. But then the interpretation that a lot of people have is that the pan out is kind of suggests that they have all these, you know, untapped things that you know could cause unknown havoc but my interpretation is that oh that's just another thing that's going to be collecting dust when there's so much potential that could be learnt from it so that was my interpretation i know that's not that you know the whole rounded one but i just thought you know what it was weird them saying all top experts are working on it and then we panted it but if it's area 51 that kind of makes sense but it kind of negates the point you know if there's hundreds or thousands of things in there Sorry, go I don't for think it. they said it was in hands because Indy, when he walks down the stairs, says that they don't know what they're doing with that thing. Yeah, like Indy does not have faith in those no, no, guys. No. Yeah, I know, but he says that after he has a conversation with a guy, a general guy, who says it is in safe hands. Yeah, because I think what Indy's implying is like he's he's talking about the government and how like they don't handle like yeah, yeah, yeah. like Indy was like oh this thing like melted the Nazis and they're like yeah 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 go on go on back to your university. Like, I think that's the point. It was like, it's just like, yeah, they have a bunch of shit. They don't yeah, to- maybe the reason Temple of Doom took place a year earlier is because, it, um, you know, in the time between um, um, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Last Crusade, Indy was sorting out all the legal stuff. <laughs> yeah, to file all the paperwork. You're like, yeah, oh, like it's hot fun or something. <laughs> Three Nazis died. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't kill them. They just got in the way of my gunshots. The, the plane was going towards us anyway. Like, I thought just let it happen. Anyway, we should probably wrap this up um, if we're going to yeah, keep yeah. this sketch. Yeah, I was going to say, moving on to the audience interaction section for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, so, I did put our poll and I also put our, you know, a main post looking for some uh, feedback. So, James Edwards said, Raiders is the peak of indie perfection. That is a sentence, I gotta say. Um, Jeffrey Grant said Raiders is my favourite film of the franchise great story great actors movie magic as what happened in theatres at the time and then Michael Wilson said it's good until you realise Marion was 15 when Indy slept with her B the yeah, plot was happened exactly the same without the lead character's involvement which we've also disputed but I, I get it but it's more like a race as opposed to uh, yes yeah, it's, it's a bit mixed also, but whatever also they got the art back to America Yes, of course. And he found the Ark in the first place. Uh, the scene with the dude who does all the crazy sword play and jumping around only for Indy to whip out his gun and shoot him is iconic. Brilliant. And yeah, it's just to say it happened because he's ill. So that wraps up the audience interaction section. But didn't he, uh, didn't he give his like, ratings um, in response to Crystal Skull? Didn't he, he did. give it, like, uh, Michael four. gave it a 4 out of 5. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's uh, pretty strong. And then as for Letterboxd, I do have to get up. Mario Bowser 494 give it a uh, uh. <laughs> thank you Joey Ellis give it a 5 star uh, Theodore Stokes give it a Jamie hmm? oh, oh what are you going to uh, give uh, a uh. oh great <laughs> Sorry, I, wasn't, I zoned out I zoned out <laughs> Clacker the Geek give it a 4.5 uh, Grand Movies Club give it a 5 Andrew gave it a 5 Jane gave it a 4 Harry Memory gave it a 4.5 Will Templar gave it a <laughs> there we go. George Papart gave it a five star. Gabe gave it a four star. Bigfoot and Non gave it a five star. Matt Hall, also known as Matt Hall, gave it a three point five. 
Dan underscore Z underscore one gave it a five star. Ben gave it a five star. It's been soup gave it a five star. Colo Clee gave it a four star. Jodie Khan gave it a five star. And Luke gave it a four point five star. Conclusions and scores. Jamie, go. Alright, I'm just gonna read out my letterbox one and change some of the stuff which I've already mentioned. Okay. Yeah, there's a reason why this film is so beloved. It is often described as the quintessential action-adventure film, and I cannot dispute that. I love every character. Marion is one of the best female characters in the film. Salah, who I forgot to mention, is so lovable, and the villains like Bollock are all intimidating and great to watch. Bullock. I would say, though, that I find it funny... Oh, yeah, I already mentioned the Stormtrooper <laughs> stuff. Of course, I have to mention Indy himself. He is an absolute badass, but not a one-dimensional one. Simply giving him a fear of snakes adds so much to his character. The action is superb, and the story is gripping for the most part. The opening is one of the best openings in film. And then I mentioned the um, issues which I already said about the how they get to the US and the age rating. Overall, this film is fantastic. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it now. Oh, by the way, that's a Nazi monkey. <laughs> or a chimpan <laughs> nice. Nazi. Oh, 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 I just forgot. Um, I, I, give it, I rated a um, four and a half stars. Four and a half stars. Okay, that's very strong. Uh, Fear, do you want to go next? Sure, I can follow that up. Okay. Not sure I can. It, good. <laughs> no, it's um, Raiders of the Lost Ark is a really, really action-packed adventure. It's paced perfectly, I believe, and it's entertaining throughout, and there's not a moment that kind of bores me. So it's just the perfect film to watch at any point of any day. Yeah. And obviously cool. India's a fantastic character which I'll talk more on in Temple of Doom because his character is kind of more important there and I give it a four and a half out of five what knocks it down that 0.5 I'm curious pedo <laughs> yeah 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 for god's sake <laughs> yeah Michael why did you mention it you've just ruined the experience for us all yeah Michael thanks <laughs> thanks for that and you wrote Temple of Doom as well but yeah fair enough when I watched this film like before like months years back actually I thought you know perfectly paced we went from one to another to another really quickly uh, this time around again because I was a bit more critical whatever I was like okay this is a bit not slow but you know I expected it to be like one after another but it wasn't there was like a little sequence here and there where you know they breathed for a little bit and I thought this isn't the film I remember and there were actually some scenes that I forgot so I am glad that I rewatched it even though I've rewatched it about five times I still forgot a few scenes so it's not the perfect film and of course the plot is a bit clunky again it's so brilliantly made I can't pick a fault and how it was made i'm not sure if you guys can because it's so it holds up so amazingly like, I, I can't pick a genuine fault with the filmmaking and the cinematography and stuff like that no no it was superb um so like that's my positives and the negatives and i gave it a 4.5 as well mm, i wonder what the average is a is it 5. a four is it a five? No, I think that's the first time. Actually, no, it's not because we agreed a couple of times on the Home Alone franchise. I was like, this is going to be the first time we've universally agreed on a score. I suppose with the three of us, I think this is the first time we've universally agreed because we've had guests on before and I think every single person has had like a different score for a film. So it's kind of amazing how, you know, people have different interpretations of films. Like it's all subjective. There's no objectivity with films. But obviously, we think uh, it is objectively a 4.5. Is it objectively a 4.5? Who the hell are we to say that? Uh, but yeah, that's Readers of the Lost Ark. I think we summed that up pretty well. And now, next up is... What's Jimmy? The underrated one. Mm. 
the underrated oh, one being Crystal of one. the Crystal Skull. No, I'm joking. Fear would kill me. No, Temple of Doom. I don't know why this is classed as an adventure. It should be classed as a horror, to be honest with you. It's so not upbeat, but it's like such a Indiana Jones film in the first half. Yeah, it's like, and then all of a sudden, you know, you know, death and destruction um, and hearts. Like obviously Raiders and Last Crusade, they kind of keep to the adventure genre pretty well. It's the um, it's Temple of Doom and Crystal Skull, which kind of add in other genres. But horror works with Indiana Jones infinitely better than sci-fi, so I don't mind it as much. Exactly. Man, I'm looking forward to watching Crystal Skull back because I like. Yeah. I'm looking forward to making fridge memes. Uh, I think everyone just you know acknowledges that fridge scene is so stupid, but it's so awesome at the same I, time. I was laughing my ass off the whole time. I can't wait to watch it end it all. <laughs> I, I think I've actively made Theo depressed by inviting him on the podcast. Um, I didn't clock that this was a prequel to the first one. Um, I didn't realize either. Like, yeah, I didn't, it's only when I watched the um, the two films back to back that realize I realized that is. this was a prequel. No, but even it's... now, like when I just re- uh, rewatched it, I was like, "What kind of things do you have to look out for to realize it's a prequel?" Well, uh, no. at the start, it, like so, re- at the start of Raiders of the Lost Ark, it says it's th- 1936, and the start of Temple of Doom is 1935. That's basically the main uh, thing I okay, went away with. It. That was literally the, the only the love interest in Temple of Doom makes like a comment about her being the best, and then he just like this little shrug off, and I assume that was like a callback to Marion or whatever. But if Marion wasn't around him in that point, I guess that kind of negates that. So yeah, yeah, I guess the date it does it does create a mild plot thing because um like in Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indy says like you know he's not into he doesn't believe in superstition stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's not like you had your your you know you had your heart ripped out by some creepy indian dude oh that's true as well yeah and this is the thing is that i think this one being first makes indy a better character Mm. because if you watch them in order and will knows that i have a big hullabaloo about watching these films in order because it just makes it twenty thousand times better yeah but you start with indy in this one being like a cocky arrogant misogynist like he's constantly putting Willie in danger he's constantly like his whole thing is um the the line where he says a short round like short round goes oh why are you doing this and he goes fortune glory and yeah if you look back on like the last crusade race lost arc you realize that like it makes sense that in this film he was doing it for that because in the other films he's doing it for other reasons because he's doing the whole it belongs in a museum thing so it makes sense that at this stage in his career he's doing it for money and fame and it even fits with um with um, Last Crusade, the prequel at the opening there, because, you know, he tried to get the thing to the museum. It was taken away from him. So he probably grew up with the mindset that, oh, um, what's the point in putting them in the museum if they're never going to exactly. end up there? So cares more about the money. But then after the Holmes and the Temple of Doom, he's like, no, he goes back to the museum. So it works as like a three-way act of the start of Last Crusade, yeah. Temple of Doom, and then um, Raiders, Last Crusade, and I would highly recommend this video called... Um, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, but Ark is spelled as in like A R C, as in character arc. Uh, uh, awesome. I see what they did there. And it mm. basically just explains why watching him in chronological order makes so much more sense and just improves his character. Because then at the end of this, even like you said about the superstition stuff, it's a different religion he's experiencing. Because that's the one thing of the Indiana Jones film is that all of them are about religion, like except. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which is why well, it's about aliens. Exactly, like you have the three films that are like first and third film are Christian, like religion, and then the 
second one i don't know the exact religion but it's it, more it's, of like it's culture uh, is culture exactly it's more like an like asian kind of culture of the um yeah. east east like asian culture but when there is the then King of the Crystal Skull is like fuck it aliens and it aliens kind of makes it awesome. the alien religion and it ruined the whole trifecta of it just yeah. being about religion and you can argue that the presentation of uh, the religion in this film is not maybe the best yeah, I was going to say it's often it's very, very much like yeah. scary like these scary people are going to sacrifice you and you know take your heart out and burn you in fire for that I, I, I see it more as cult as a cult than a religion because it is yeah. it is, a, it is essentially a cult yeah but it then is, i do it think it you know characterizes the whole not race but you know the whole culture as being that one thing it's like at the dinner scene they're all eating it and they're all like oh i, 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 I don't like that dinner scene they're like I, oh, I don't look, like they're that eating thing. monkey brains that's so gross oh look they're like, like, like it, it was it was played for jokes and whatever and i did get a laugh or two out of it i mean i, I laughed i laughed when um when I laughed when Willie said to Short Round, give me your hat. Uh, what do you need it for? I want to throw up in it. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I'd love that. Like, if a, if a movie plays something for laughs, you're going to laugh, even if it's, you know, not in the best light, because it's choreographed to make you laugh. So, you know, you can't really blame, you know, a, an audience member for, you know... Doing yeah, but I didn't laugh once during Disaster Movie, and that was choreographed to make you laugh, so... Oh, disaster yeah, movie. Uh, but yeah, yeah. about the cultural insensitivity and whatever. But I did like the. We address um, the elephant in the room. Let's get back to the. Um, yeah. the let's, let's talk but, about the elephants no, yeah, in, the, they, in the story. Well, the elephants come from the village, and the village, you know, have this like superstition that the rocks. The elephants you know, bleed Willy, them, so it made me happy. <laughs> brings them, you know, luck. It, without the stone, they had droughts, they had wildfires, and I absolutely loved that. And I don't think it's insensitive at all. And I, not, no one. Oh blames that, that like, it is an actual so thing you know it's like an actual that, thing that they are superstitious about that kind of thing everything with like the village i think is fine because they're not like um glamorizing it if that makes sense they're no. not making it like they're not making point and fun like oh look at these poor people they don't have any crops they make it like a legitimately like they don't have crops this is not funny or a good thing they need those I've stones got, back whereas i've got, I've got to mention this, temple, like, like with the yeah. village scene yeah. there was this, um there was a scene of that um the kids who escaped the um the temple and you know just like he's he trying to just like staggering back to the village like that was really oh, dark and then he dies in his hands yeah yeah that yeah, that was, was really really dark and that that really threw me off to be honest so anything with the kids in this film is like because when they go to like the slavering and they talk about how like all the kids are whipped into submission and then like that one kid says that he prays to Sheba that that he'll die he dies, yeah. it's kind of like what the fuck this film is I mean, I mean like, it, it, if you're gonna have an Indiana Jones film starring um, a kid as one of your main characters it's probably the best bet because then, it's, yeah. then you have the um, you have a more personal connection to what's going on Thing I mean is, I, I didn't like I didn't associate like... sorry I didn't associate you know the kids going missing from the village to the kids in the mine until right at the end it's my fault because the movie kind of makes it clear but when they actually see the kids in the mine I think oh these kids are here and I didn't think oh those are the kids from the village that were taken or whatever even though the stone was taken and the well, kids you're, you're are there and, yeah I know I, yeah, I, yeah, I know yeah, it's a complete misinterpretation I thought that was pretty damn obvious it, yeah in retrospect it was bloody obvious it was so obvious and I well, missed what it what other kids are they going to be are they going to be the, the kids 
it's the aliens no, no, from no, Christmas. No, 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 I just no, assumed it was their descendants. And then, because of the dark nature of the film, I assumed they uh, submitted their own descendants into this. <laughs> what you put that? It's not that dark. They accumulated their own. <laughs> <laughs> no, but to talk about, you know, the dark theme, is it was made during a time where uh, the director and the writer were going through breakups and divorces with their girlfriend and wife and whatever. Oh. So they really what? Oh, you didn't know this? No, so, I didn't. I didn't know it. I, I uh, wait, what? What other so, Spielberg films came out around the mid eighties? Uh, yeah, what other ones are about before? Um, e- Jurassic uh, Park. Wait, E.T. E. E. So, so you got this horror? You got this horror? This borderline horror film um, during due, due to Spielberg going through um, the rough patch with marriage and stuff. Then you've got contrast that with E.T. <laughs> well, E.T. came out a few years before. To be fair, you got the rough oh. horror film about Lucas going through a divorce, and you got Temple of Doom. And it's like, <laughs> to be fair, like they've realized their mistake with this film, and that's why they went back to its roots with Crusade. And you know, had their like adventure cross country, cross continent. Film, they were like, How do we follow up the villains who are literal Nazis in the last one? They're like, Right, let's get this group of people that America don't really know that well, let's get them whipping kids, yeah, and like sacrificing people to the air because that's you know, the Nazis weren't bad enough. We've got to make it, we've got to make it worse. And they're like, oh, and then, and then we'll do aliens because no one knows what aliens are like. Commies, <laughs> to be fair, they were liaised, oh, yeah. or in liaison with you know, uh, cultural experts or whatever. And the fact is, they knew that that was inaccurate, but they still rolled with it. And I think that's a fault on the filmmakers part you know they're acknowledging that they're misrepresenting a culture but they're still doing it and I just think they were quite lazy and not doing rewrites and redrafts of the script to include a different villain uh, mm. so much so that if, it, if this was nowadays you know they, they would definitely make sure they got uh, more people in dark film dark film directors going for a rough patch um let's seamless transition and by seamless i mean crappy transition really? to i hate willy the, yeah. the character willy <laughs> not my willy i hate i hate the character I, willy i was gonna make that joke <laughs> what why was she called willy it makes things it so hard funny because glamour girl was called willy <laughs> Because she has oh, really in her. She is the she is the worst character in the Indiana Jones films. Worse yeah. than all the characters in Crystal Skull combined. I do no. say a lot of criticism go to the actress, but I do think it's more so with like the filmmakers. And I oh, did yeah. see like an interpretation that because of the breakup and the divorce and whatever, this was the filmmakers' way of like having a go at women, like portraying women as like inferior and like a decimal in distress. So again, misogyny from the creatives, allegedly. Or it could be a metaphor for Indy's, um, you know, more misogynistic nature during this film. Exactly, because he hasn't matured to, like, because that's the thing. For all we know, Willie could have actually been really capable and we were just seeing it through Indy's eyes. Yeah, because Indy the whole time was like, eat the food. Or like, I'll be waiting in my room. That's just a desperate way to justify it. (laughs) To be fair, the scene where they're in both rooms is so iconic. I love that sequence. That stands out so much It's funny, but just the idea of like Indy being like, yeah, she's going to To be honest, I love love how in the film... She says the exact same thing. That's the charm of the scene, that they're both doing the exact same thing. It's not just him to her. Oh, that that scene is comedy gone. Yeah, it's going to say the scene is awesome. It's funny. It's like the idea of Harrison Ford being like, right ready for sex in like a room <laughs> I, I can just imagine that like, I, Wait, replace that with Han Solo and it room. works exactly the same that's the funny thing 
if oh, Willy oh, went oh, yeah, short room, round is in the room. Yeah, short because when the guy sneaks in and short round wakes up and's like How the hell does it. he not wake like, up before that, by the way? They're fighting for about twenty seconds and then he wakes up. What the but hell? If was Willy doing? went into Indy's room, Don't short blame like wait, what the fuck? Yeah. See, I love how Willie's like so bad that Indy would rather make out with naked statues. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm right, right here! here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the comedy but is pretty awesome. The other character, as you can tell, I really like Short Round, and I, I will not hear any arguments against well, it. Actually, I will because Chelsea. of the opinions. Do you understand the criticism that is, like, um, Indiana Jones always needs help? So, like, the kid always assists him. He doesn't really do anything by himself in terms of but Indiana Jones. It makes and- sense in this one. Because this is his yeah. proper, proper adventure. To, True. And to be honest, it, it's better to have the, the side character actually get involved and help Indy once in a while instead of being the one who's always captured. To, like, to be fair, this isn't his first adventure because by by the time he got to the pyramids, he was renowned as being like this archaeologist. Yeah, so. yeah but, but to be fair, this is the first time he's been in this situation. Yeah, this is the first yeah. time he's had something superstitious because I know that you're going to, like, at the beginning of Temple of Doom, he gives over the... um like the vase full of ashes i think and then the um other people were like oh finally return like it's returned to us but indy didn't like see that as something supernatural he just saw that as oh something i can sell whereas in this one it's his first like adventure where he's had to actually experience some like wacky shit if that makes sense like the stones that's his first like this is his first like what the fuck adventure whereas the other ones were just like yeah money yeah and the latter half of this is like really really scary like i feel like i was gonna have nightmares after watching this film even now even today i thought holy crap imagine watching this as a kid i don't know if i've told this story before but you know the sarah jane adventures the one with mona yep. lisa when all oh, when that the transformation good. of mona lisa was happening i had nightmares about that for days upon days upon days so Wait, i thought seriously yeah, so I pissed the bed oh, yeah. many times because of that scene. Oh, I was I was gonna say my mate from like from secondary, like he constantly told me that he got terrified of that Mona Lisa thing. Yeah, and I gave him so much shit for it because I didn't think it was scary at all. And now you're telling me that someone else actually finds it scary. It, no, it, like now it's probably ridiculous. But at the time, that you know, the transformed face of like the teacher as the Mona Lisa was creepy as hell. And you got me who was absolutely petrified of the spoonheads. Oh, what the from, fuck? Uh, <laughs> uh, from you didn't even like Saint John. You didn't even go for like the trickster, like any actual scary villain. No, because well, that's thing what is, I, I, didn't, I didn't watch such an unironically. As scary a little women. kid, I didn't actually watch the Sarah Jane Adventures. Like it was, it was off the, um, it was off TV when I um, started watching Who and didn't oh, get around to it until okay. I was a bit oh, older. Of yeah, it was on CBBC. Oh, what a channel. Yeah, and it was it was off after um, the channel passed away. Uh, but Fuck yeah, him. honestly, like I mentioned at the start of this review, or like earlier anyway, that um, it kind of jarred. Well, it, not jarred, but it was like two completely different movies. And what's the first one was quintessential Indiana Jones. Like, this is just like Raiders of the Lost Ark. This is awesome. The latter half, even if it's not like a great Indiana Jones movie, it's like I wouldn't associate horror with Indiana Jones. I think of the adventure. So what I think of as the latter half of this film is a great horror movie. Like it is horrific. Honest, it is scary. The story is sound. I think the story is actually not clunky at all compared to Raiders of the Lost Ark, which yeah, I agree. But to be honest, 
Really um, I feel like, you know, when you said the latter half feels more like a horror film than an Indiana Jones film, mm. I would disagree. The middle definitely feels um, very different, and I think that works. But as soon as Indy gets out of his trance... Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Not the very, after, very like, end. After, after Short Round burns him in the bollocks Yeah, the latter half, not the end, should I say. Yeah, yeah, the ending with the minecart chase and the, the rope bridge, which reminds me of Shrek for some reason, yeah. when he's going up to the castle. I can't be the only one who thought of Shrek when they saw the rope bridge. We'll, right. we'll find out. I've never watched Shrek. Right, right. <laughs> we just talking about Wii Sports Resort. Yeah, <laughs> it's it. we've got a waffle. We've got to drag this out. I mean, so speaking of references and stuff, um, the minecart scene, <laughs> when they were going up and down, I got Polar Express vibes because, of course, I did. Because I, Polar Express, I love that film. I, it's, it's flawed, but I love that film. I do um, like Polar Express, yeah. I don't like Oh, like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like honestly, the reason I give it four and a half stars is probably mostly due to nostalgia, but I don't care. What did I, I, I give? Wait, what did I give it? That's a good question. Sorry, continue. I'm going to see what I did first. Uh, I'm literally just watching the movie in the background right now, and it's got to the point in the cart scene where um or oh, the woman Winnie punches the guy off the cart. Yeah, that's literally goes, the only useful yeah. thing she does. I know, I know. Uh, that's why I thought at the time I was watching it, and then she punches him off, and then uh, the car just flips oh. over the body and goes into the woods, and I just found that hilarious oh that level on the lego game was so sick oh, oh god uh, is, is oh, it time to talk game. about the lego oh no no, no, no. i'm saving i'm saving my thoughts on um the particular lego game for crystal skull because it fits more there oh yeah the two the, well, all right i, I could I talk about one of them i could talk about the yeah, original this is adventure. the last adventure before we get to audience interaction this has been going i could talk about the half. original adventure hour and um, a half this has got to be cut oh, yeah, oh, shoot, minutes. Um, shoot um oh wait, let's, let's and then about- audience interaction I'm not a big fan of the cult stuff, but that's just my personal thing. Overall, I do really like it. Uh, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um, Short Round is amazing. I like made a note about him being awesome like five times because, I, yeah, I didn't give him enough credit. He is he, he, he is so cool. Like, literally, he gets captured, thrown in with the kids. Five seconds later, he's out. Like, how cool is that? And he's you're fighting off the um, the guy on like the conveyor belt. It, 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 he's he's great. And um, sure yeah. My only question about Short Round is so if this is a prequel to Raiders of Lost Ark, where the hell did he go in Raiders? Died. I hope not. <laughs> well, is it child's labor technically? Because Indy's like, hey kid, drive me around. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty dope. Oh, yeah, with a little on his foot. Wait, yeah. that makes sense because then Indy's whole thing gets into retrospective when he realizes that the other kids were slaves and that he was technically doing the same. Ah, oh, it's all connected. <laughs> Maybe you let him go. <laughs> no, no. That's why. Oh, fuck. <laughs> makes so much sense. Indy gets his whole. He's put this child in danger like they did in the slavery thing. Like, that's the whole point of Indy. It's like, oh shit, I basically made this kid go almost in death. Oh, right. Tangent over. Tangent over. Audience interaction for so Temple of Doom. Long. Yes, thank you. Oh, that was awesome. Sorry. <laughs> so the audience interaction for Temple of Doom on Twitter. Michael Wilson said weakest of the original trilogy. Very racist unfortunately and seems to be want to be darker than I think the series should be. Also it's quite obvious that Kate Capshaw who plays Willie only got the role because she was sleeping with the director because my word she's awful wait what yeah, <laughs> she's the wife okay. of Steven Spielberg you didn't need this either ex-wife I assume no, no the wife wait really the yeah like the like Spielberg divorced or broke up uh, uh, before they filmed so conceived the film based on that and then he made Kate Capshaw who played Willie on the set and they got together and they married in 1984 or 85 I believe 
91. Wow. Oh, 91. Yeah, that's something new every day, I guess. You guys need to watch the making of. It's so awesome. You'll learn a lot of stuff. Whatever. Yeah, so she got the role because she was sleeping with the director and she's got big tits. Uh, and then George White said... <laughs> of course Michael would say that. <laughs> no, no, I said that. I said oh, that. I said well, of course that. you would say that, actually. Yes, that works just as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm also with me, actually, I think. Uh, but yeah, George White what? said, my personal favourite... Hi well this is interesting yeah I, I replied to this because I said not many people would say that glad you enjoyed it so much George White said my personal favourite high paced tight script which I do agree fair with. enough I and I do I actually agree with this but except from this bit stellar performances across the board I don't think Willie was written uh, you know, no. superior not superiorly um, but like equally to the I, mean, I haven't I haven't watched the video because I haven't gotten around to it but in my YouTube um, like recommended I saw a video which was like a 20 minute analysis like saying why um, Temple of Doom was the best in the um, in the series so I need to I need to get around to watching that at some point I was going to say, fun, fun fact, Temple of Doom was my favourite film of all time when I was a child. It was just my favourite flat. I prefer it than all the other Indiana Jones. It used to be my favourite indie movie. This, it used to be my favourite movie just in general. This was my go-to. Like, the thing, the as like an eight-year-old, I'd be like, yeah, wrap on Temple of Doom. Yeah, the thing is, when I watch this film now, I think this is a great film, but it's not a great Indiana Jones film. Like it, it, like Michael said, it strays too far away from what Indiana Jones should be. I can respect it for what it does, like for what it becomes, a really good horror, but it just like, it feels like two different movies and that's got to knock the overall score down for me. Like I love, I, uh, do I love it though? I, I don't love it, but I can respect that it's got a much tighter script than Raiders, even though Raiders is just exceptionally made. It's as superbly made as Raiders of the Lost Ark. Would you guys agree? Yes. Yes, 100%. Great, still great cinematography and you know, um, yeah. the effects and everything, all, all that. I'd say they're on par because there's like a lot That's of standouts from yeah. both films that like I wouldn't pick out over the other, if that makes sense. Yeah, so say, like, I agree. Filmmaking-wise, they're on the same level. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the same with Last Crusade. Uh, but anyway, that wraps up the audience interesting section for Twitter. As for Letterboxd, I need to get it up again. That's what she said. That's what, <laughs> oh, that's God's what, sake, that's I what hate he you said. That's what he I said. I hate you sometimes. I really do. No, you don't. Um, <laughs> oh, what's, the, what's the bloody name called? Um, Temple of Doom. 1984, directed by Steven Spielberg. 118 Riley minutes. Read. You can do this. You got this. I believe it. Rated three point six. Uh, if adventure has a name, it must be Indiana Jones. After arriving in India, Indiana. Jo- After arriving in India, Indiana. That's a <laughs> that's a tongue twister. Okay, Mario Bowser four nine four. Give it a. <laughs> Joe Ellis gave it a four star. Theodore Stokes give it a. Cross cross. Andrew gave it a five star. <laughs> that was so I left field. Dan underscore Z underscore one gave it a four star. Harry Memory gave it a three star. Will Templar gave it a. Oh my word! Jamie, watch out! Victoria! George Poppard gave it a 4.5 star. Gabe gave it a four star. Matt Hall gave it a four star. Ben gave it a five star. It's been super gave it a three star. Carlo Oakley gave it a three star. Joe Decon gave it a three point five star, and Luke gave it a three point five star. I'm gonna go first, and I'm gonna go out on a whim and say, uh, what should I give it? Like a three point five is what I gave it when I last watched it. I haven't looked it since. 
Admittedly, I'm that is so way conflicted. too low. I'll just say that now. I'm so conflicted. Well, it's misogynistic. It's racist. It's culturally insensitive. Um, it's very different movies. Like, one part is very different to the other part. So that knocks it down. So I do think a 3.5 is wholly justified. In terms of how it was made, like, if we're talking about how it was made, Temple and Raiders would be both five stars. But... Uh, Raiders we've all agreed on a 4.5 and with this personally I would knock it down slightly just because of all the problems uh, that Temple uh, not Temple uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark doesn't have it's got different problems but these problems are much bigger much more sensitive so and just because of the general tone of the episode uh, the episode thinking about Doctor Who no the, the movie two very different parts it does knock it down for me and I would stick with a 3.5 rating for Temple of Doom, so that would be my score. Uh, if we want to do guest last this time, uh, Theo, would you like to have your conclusion and score, please? Yeah, sorry, I was just looking at an old place I used to have. Are you on about was... the Lego set again? No, this is the Crystal Skull. It was like a place that they brought. It wasn't Lego, but it was like the you know the massive Aztec building at the end. Oh yeah, it was like oh, a replica of that. And I don't know why, but I just remembered it now, and I'm looking at pictures, and Jesus Christ, am I old? <laughs> sorry, uh, Temple of Doom. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, Temple of Doom. Uh, while I agree with many of your points you made, that yes, it's a bit culturally insensitive, and the portrayal of Willie is not the best, and has not held up the best. But I still think overall this is a great story. I quite like the horror aspects of it personally. I yeah, think same. I think it worked quite well for yeah, yeah, like yeah. it made. I think it worked quite well. I'm just gonna say. It. I'm just gonna put that because I can't really explain why. Uh, the supporting characters such as Short Round and Willie were hit or miss. Yeah, just really solid film. I give it a four out of five. Four out of five. Okay, Jamie. What so are your feats? So the like culturally insensitive stuff is like yeah that that's definitely bad but for me like I don't really knock the film down as much as you guys probably would like maybe I'm insensitive I like, I don't know I, I just racist. don't racist <laughs> like I I wouldn't give it like you know whenever there's a kind of thing I wouldn't give it like a five star or anything but like I'd knock it down to at least a um like a nine out of ten but um that yeah there there are a few other things here um. But I'll just read my letterbox thing. Okay. A lot better than I remembered, but there are some flaws which stop it from being five stars. The culturally insensitive stuff is one of them. Um, the biggest one, however, is that Willie is so annoying and I hate her. And personally, I find the middle of the film primarily focused on all the cult stuff to just not be interested. I'm not in, not a fan of that sort of thing. But aside from that, I do still love this film. The action is just as good as the first film. The ending is incredible. I think the setup to the temple is really well done. Indy is great as usual, but I have to say, Short Round is an absolute chad in this movie, and I'll not accept <laughs> any hate to it. Not only does he save Indy and Willie multiple times, but he also doesn't need to be saved every two seconds. His actor is quite good and he can drive a freaking car. Shorty is great. <laughs> Finally, the age rating for this film makes so much more sense than Raiders, but that, that's because I thought when writing the letterbox review that it was rated a 15. Then I checked and it was rated a 12. So that bit doesn't really count. Overall, a very good movie with a few things which put it slightly weaker than Raiders. I give it a four and a half stars, but a, quite a low four and a half stars like bordering on the four stars but i'm feeling generous so four and a half stars fair enough and that makes the average a four star so jamie as we always do we have to congratulate theo by clapping him for having the right opinion 
Bravo. Okay, it's just I, I would clap, but I've got a microphone in one hand, and I can't get it out because my hands are sway. Ah, is that the reason why you're using one hand? I see you, Jamie. Okay. Uh, well, that wraps up the Temple of Doom review. Next up is... What the hell's the next film? Ah, the, the last the best one. The yes, best the one. best one. And let's rewatch re it before the next recording. And we think it's shit all of a sudden. I'm well, sure I, I, I've rewatched it already, so um, I don't need yeah, to. Yeah, someone was actually prepared for this. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, that's coming up now. Great start, Marty. We've arrived in the future. That's a good start. I'm not drinking alcohol. I'm drinking water. Uh, hello, guys. We are back to do that's crusade and the kingdom skull um how are you two uh scared out of my mind but um that's because of i was binging adam martin's video scary series so that's my own damn fault yeah shout out adam martin how about you feel i'm eating cookies I'm <laughs> you see i i I'm would good. back it if it was hobnobs hobnobs are you know the cult of this channel triple chocolate cookies from Lidl's. they hit they, they be hitting different well, I had a cream egg earlier. Oh, cream eggs are lush. As a cop worker, I have to promote the uh, co-op cookies. If you want to try my cookies, Shirehampton Co-op in Bristol, you know, come check them out. I, I bake them. So, yeah, shout out co-op. Oh, really? Yeah. If I, I'm ever in Bristol, I'll, I may check it out. Yeah, Shirehampton in Bristol, if you're ever in Bristol. Um, But, yes, uh, we are here to review... Last Crusade first before we do move on to the Crystal Skull later. Again, we're going to adopt the same format. Um, but yeah, so Last Crusade, we start with a young Indiana Jones. And that leads to my first question, Rody. Have you guys seen any of the young Indiana Jones series that George Lucas wrote after uh, this film in between Last Crusade and Crystal Skull? I'll answer your question with another question. Okay. There was a young Indiana Jones series after this. There was. Again, this is something you would have known if you've seen the uh, production behind the scenes video talking about it. So, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I spent my time watching the Bleef Finding Nemo audio commentary. Yeah, and Theo's been spending his time eating cookies and watching bloody Mean Girls. I will not stop banging on about that, by the way, Theo. You've got some great movies to watch, and you watch Mean Girls. <laughs> yes, Theo, you do have some great movies to watch. I noticed you put Spurloos on your watch list. That I hope you enjoy that. <laughs> Let's just change the subject. In young, I love the bit. Um, I love you Young Indiana me, Jones. Oh, I, the, I love Young Indiana Jones at the start of the film. I think it's a great bit of backstory for the final film in the trilogy, the main trilogy. Yeah, yeah precisely. The, the snakes and the whip. Mm. And the whole sequence, you know, on the train is fantastic, and it's like a cool memory. But yeah, it's a fantastic yeah. little scene. And when he escapes, you know, in the magical box, I do wonder how to do that. But he must have just went out the side or something. And it did make me intrigued to learn about, you know, um, magic a bit more. I guess the popularity of this film must have just, you know, sparked the interest to create a series. And they actually had like a handful of actors playing them at different ages. So it was like five. 13 18 and also harrison ford makes like a cameo as like a 40 year old in the final series in the final episode or something like that so yeah this shit <laughs> sorry the young indiana jones chronicles Where can you watch this shit? um that's a good question um, yeah, I, I, I've never heard of this until now and all the original individual network... episodes are on uh, letterboxd as well so if you want to up yeah. your diary watch the series and you can log them all 
You can buy them on Apple TV, or you could just buy like the DVD off Amazon. When you say buy them from Apple uh, TV, yeah. it doesn't mean if you just have the subscription to Apple TV, because I do have that. Um, I don't know how TV works. Probably thirty seven percent. Well, yeah, they are there. Um, so yeah, what uh, do you guys the... think of Young Indiana Jones? Did like the actor who played him? Uh, well, I wasn't going to talk about the actor. I just wanted to say okay. that in terms of the opening, I love how they give like some. Obviously, they give the backstory for Indian stuff, but like they explain some of his things, like you know, where do you get the fedora from? Why is he afraid of snakes so much? I, I like. Yeah, it's a logical reason as to why um, he was afraid of snakes. Because be real, who wouldn't be afraid of snakes after falling into like a barrel of them? It's Ugh. they feel kind of forced eventually you know when they have all these backstories to different elements of India it's like okay I get the point you're doing like an origin story or whatever and you can tell us like about the snakes but do we really need to know about the hat or vice versa and stuff like that I, I like the scar on. sorry because Harrison Ford has a scar on his chin and um, in the beginning to Crusade, you see young Indy um like use the whip and he accidentally whips himself on his chin. <laughs> yeah. So, like yeah. that it kind of explains like the in law of that and I thought oh, that's nice. And the blood actually sticks around other than the broken nose in Kingdom Skull. Yeah. So but, well, he was remember what they're doing. That man was like drinking no, that blood. Good movie. Good good movie. Good, good stuff. Yeah, big old crystal skull. That's gonna be exciting when we actually come to review it later. Oh. All right, now, 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 um, now, because this would be the point where the the main titles would come up. So we we're just gonna. I'm. Just, we should probably just mention it now. We have committed a major crime as throughout the hot first oh, half of this, yeah. we neglected to mention John Williams' score whatsoever. Ah. Probably because we just assumed that it would go without saying. So we might as well mention it now. What are your thoughts on the score throughout the entire mm. series? And if you don't think it's good, then I'm out. Feel. It's god awful. <laughs> <gasps> Jimmy just drops out with the cool. Nah, the score I mean, is phenomenal. Like back in the hit and miss days. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the score is phenomenal. Like there's not one music, like there's not one track that's out of place. It all fits very well. I just hit my desk. Um, <laughs> it all fits well with the story and the themes and it carries across quite nicely between the films so that... Like uh, there's no there's some individuality like we were talking about um, Temple of Doom how it has some of like the um, cult music and there are like little beats that are like reserved for some films but it all feels like one giant soundtrack it doesn't feel like like oh this is um, different songs stitched together yeah in the film. this yeah. is the Raiders soundtrack this is the Temple of the Crystal Skull soundtrack it's just no these the are all Temple of the Crystal Skull. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, it's like Star Wars in that way, where it's like, well, it's just John Williams' style, I guess, where it's just all his songs seem like they just fit the universe and there's not like dedicated to one film, whereas most multi faceted film franchises have like a different soundtrack for each. You see, I back this majorly. And do you also agree with me when I say they used the main title sequence, like the theme of it, sparingly? So they didn't, like, terrade you with that title theme, like, time and time again. It was, like, three yeah. times during a film. It was, like, towards the start, towards the middle, towards the end, and, you know, during any transition scenes when they're on a plane and you see the opacity of yeah, the map. actually, I didn't actually notice until you brought it up, but now that hmm. you brought it up, yeah, I, I agree with you. And I feel like the middle one tends to be the, like, even the middle of the ending one tends to be the best because it's, like, yes. the most epic and triumphant, like... I'm just like skipping ahead in the film, but the tank scene in this film 
is so good. I'm glad. It, I'm actually kind of glad we talked about the score now because it actually has my favorite use of the score. And it's basically where Indy's hanging onto the tank. He's about to hit the rocks. And then it turns away and he just gets up. And all you hear is da 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 da. It's yes. just so epic. It's just like yes. The, I don't know about you guys, but there's no you know notable music i would say there's not one i could pick out and say oh that was brilliant other than the title theme and that scene in the parlor not the parlor like the bar in temple of doom just because i don't want to say they're understated but i do think they are it's like they're great it's a great soundtrack and like with what Theo said like it's like together so you don't really have you know the individual of movie to movie when you hear it you just think indiana jones you don't think music and i think that's the best compliment you can get to music not actually realizing it's there slash noticing any difference yeah like if if you played like literally if you if you just had a random bloke wearing a fedora and stuff you wouldn't think much of it but you play the indiana jones theme and you realize oh that's a very lackluster cosplay but still Mm. Uh, let's talk about the humor and this does link into um something else but the humor in this film is very, very strong. Like it kind of reminds yeah. me of the MCU a little bit, where it's it, no. I feel like it usually no, don't say that. Oh, it's a different style of humor, but I mean, like it fits in like with the action film, and I just, I just think it's, it's, it's really fun. Like the, the joke I always go back to is the stamp joke, where <laughs> Indy's in the library and he's crashing, cracking the floor, and the librarian is stamping at the same time. Like, it's, oh, it's and he looks to the bottom joke. of his stamper. Yeah, <laughs> it's a silly joke, but I was in stitches afterwards. Oh, it's very silly, and that would never happen. But yeah, and you know the convenience of an X being on the floor. I think, oh, for God's sake! But you know, you just had to roll it's with that it. Indiana Jones charm. But we can't not talk about the humor without talking about the man the myth the legend sean connery as henry jones we're gonna dedicate like 20 minutes to just him aren't we yes rest in peace sean connery he is one of my only three nitpicks of this film (gasps) wait what no 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 no. it's an element of his character that is a nitpick and i do okay and it's the catchphrase this is intolerable that's said about 10 times throughout the film and again it's like uh do with earlier i said it again but it's like after a while you kind of get the point you don't need it said time and time again uh, so that's again that's oh, only a trivial that. thing to criticize and it's one of three tiny trivial things i have for this film to criticize so it is a fantastic film it's the best of the uh the franchise Indeed. in my opinion and the fact that i one of my three dislikes of this film is how many times he says his catchphrase you know then you don't have any major problems but yeah seeing connery uh sean connery should i say fantastic actor i love him as bond and um yeah they had such great chemistry on screen him and harrison ford and um, it is a shame that he did pass away rather recently, actually. Like, I googled it and I was mm. like, 2020, holy crap, that was recent. Yeah. But, so, so yeah, like, Henry Jones is just like, basically every scene with, um, like, I didn't know it's the catchphrase, so I didn't have a problem with it. For me, every scene with Henry and, oh, Henry, as <laughs> Indy is actually called Henry. Yeah. But every scene with Henry and Henry was, um, was amazing. <laughs> Yeah, like they they yeah. they played off each other so well, and they weren't actually together until like an hour in or something like that when he finally yeah, broke I into mean, the Nancy camp or whatever. To be honest, I think it works. Like you know, 
at, at first you buy the relationship with um, Indy and Elsa or Doctor Schneider, whatever you want to call her. Yeah. And then she turns, and then she reveals herself to be a twist. And I'm glad the twist was happened, like happened, um, like around the middle of the film instead of at the end um, or something. So I'm glad it got it um, out of the way. And then you know, with one of the major players gone now, you replace it with someone else who's better, slightly, slightly better. Um, and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Speaking got, of that um, relationship yeah. I love before the twist, yeah, I'm also in agreement that. I'm happy that there is a twist. Um, I don't think she would have been great, especially compared to Marion. And again, Marion did come yeah. back in Crystal Skull. And I think even the woman in Temple of Doom, I forgot her name. Oh, um, Pe- Willie. Willie. I was about to say penis. Yeah, Willie. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, act- she certainly acts like one. <laughs> Just, just uh, stick to, uh, stick to the critique. Really yeah. Is that just saying? Theo, you haven't spoken much. Have you eaten your cookie? Yeah. That didn't sound very convinced. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you have eaten your cookies. Basically, Theo, just give your thoughts on Henry Jones. Well, yeah, what do you think? Um, I really like the character. I'm not so big on Sean Connery, but uh, I do like the character. I got something stuck in my teeth. No, no, I, really I like, wonder what that is. Yeah, it's a bit strong. Uh, I'm really like Henry. <laughs> what? And um, it's a bro with it. I really like uh, Henry and Henry's dynamic in this film. I do think they work really well off each other, and it is quite nice to have like the thing at the end, like not them, like not the redeeming, but like when they actually come together as father and son. Yes. And like seeing that relationship build and like how, how they like come back together. Yeah. Is quite nice. Yeah. I like that he's the incentive for Indy to go on the journey this time since like he didn't care about doing the like the crusade he didn't care about finding the um family if he just wanted to find his um his dad which shows again that kind of indie changing character throughout the film you know first first film he's doing it for money second one he's doing it for money and this one he's like no I'm doing it for family now because he's matured yeah yeah Holy Grail, he only goes and gets it after his dad's dying. Mm. So it's not like he's doing it for money. Although he has that moment where he's like, I can almost reach it. And then, so, so, you know. So yeah, it's, it just says his name when he needs He goes, he goes yeah. from, um, you know, in Temple of Doom, he goes from doing it for money. Then he does it for um, for the museum and for history and stuff. Then he does it for family. And then in um, Crystal Skull, I guess you could say he does it for capitalism. <laughs> he does it because he's kidnapped. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But like Fear just touched upon there, you know, the evolution of the relationship. Because I think the turning point for me was, of course, when uh, Henry Jones Jr. supposedly dies. That is the main turning point and, you know, shows that mm. the father does care for the son. But for me, the main scene is the blimp. We're on the, on the blimp and then he's trying to reach oh, out to his dad and his dad brushes it aside. And whilst you care for Indiana Jones Jr., <laughs> Indiana Jones Jr., I'm, I'm running with it, Henry Jr. Henry Jones Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Indiana Jones Jr., uh, he, no, you care door. for him. Oh, of course, yeah. You still care for him, but you also understand the dad's, uh, the dad's perspective. But that's only because it's so hard to articulate for the son. Sorry, I've got a lot of wind. I'm burping a lot. But yeah, that's my perspective on, you know, the evolution of the relationship. Jamie, go. I'm going to burp again. Uh, 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 um, yeah, the relationship is just fantastic the whole time. Just yeah, basically from start to finish, it's just 
amazing to watch and stuff and you have them you know, argue like a lot of father and son relationships do but underneath you can still see that they have a deep care for each other and that's especially shown at the end when um indy is getting the holy grail not for himself but to try and um help his um help his dad who's been was was he shot or was it stabbed or something? I I he was shot yeah because it yeah, was yeah. like try, try, yeah. Kinda, he was shot by yeah it was like the woman was yeah. being threatened and then it was like oh that won't do it so then they shot the dad which really surprised me because i was like oh they're just gonna you know pretend to want to kill him but then they actually shot him and i thought what the mm. hell they actually it, it went made with the it. stakes higher it, it made the stakes higher because indy could Absolutely. easily just be like no no screw this i ain't going in there see ya um and if he gets shot we're like i i still ain't going in there i mean i ain't getting religious artifacts for you um for you bloody nazis but because his dad is in there he um he's more determined and stuff mm. and the, the way, like, thing is literally none of the holy grail actually goes into his mouth like 90 percent of it just goes down his bloody chin <laughs> but he still survives i don't actually now they pointed out you're right yeah he falls in the wound first after but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get the point. We'll later, but yeah. yeah, what do you guys well, think of this ending? Because I, I, I absolutely loved it. it was in, alongside the tank scene, it's probably my favorite scene in the movie. Just Indy going through all the traps and stuff. Like, it was just, like, I don't know what you describe it. Quintessential Indiana Jones, you know, going through all the traps and tribulations, avoiding them all, um, and then defeating the, the villain in the I end. I think it's definitely one of the yeah. most iconic scenes, you know, where he takes the leap of faith, as he put it, and he yeah. walks across. Like, that's such a brilliant scene, and then he crosses it, and then he so grabs well a bag. Well. Exactly, yeah. and he grabs a bag of dust, or like some dust in his hands, and he chucks it. And that was a scene where I thought, holy crap, that was well directed. But while we're on it. I am listening, but I just whacked my foot. Ow! What oh. is it with you guys and hitting your tables? <laughs> I was just saying, yeah. the whole like leap of faith thing. I really like the idea of it and like how they execute it. But I would have rather have been an actual leap of faith, like the bridge only worked for people who have faith in the Grail rather than just it's an invisible bridge. That's, that's like, like an old You see, that's a bit different yeah, to you like, know just a leap yeah. of faith, as in just you know jumping. Because the whole thing was like, because obviously it's a very religious thing. The whole thing was like putting your faith that like kind of god will guide you across this bridge to the holy grail but then it just being like a, oh no it's an invisible bridge anyone could cross it if they just jumped it's like well i mean it's cool and visually is that it's established stark. to be a thing because i interpret it as you actually well, we had to have scary. faith in the bridge and the and the gods guided him across the bridge and you could well, only be guided but then if you believed in it. and that's the only thing because I guess I don't know it's weird because the way he like tosses the sand and assumes that it's just like oh the bridge is just there and then the whole doing the faith thing is just trusting that there's a bridge there where I'd rather have been like an actual spiritual thing of you have to believe or you have to want the grail so that you can cross it because that would make sense because yeah. then you could still have Indy Elsa and the white guy cross it because they really want the grail but the way it's just like oh yeah it's just invisible bridge is the only real nitpick I have for this film it's just like it's cool but I'd rather have been an actual leap of faith. You see, I think Fu's on the right track here because yeah, uh, when get Indy gets to the end, you know, the villain and the villain girl comes as well. And would they have had faith? No. They would have just saw the dirt and then walked across, I suppose. So exactly. I, I get that, yeah. The whole, like, spelling the name and then, like, him not knowing how to spell the name was brilliant. I love that. I love the whole kind of coaching thing that, like, when he's doing all the trials and tribulations that Henry's, like, like lying there whispering all this, like, basically, like, cheat codes for Indy, even though he can't hear him, but he said that, like, it's spelt with a G. It's like or the father-son bond. Yeah, like, 
is subconscious they can understand it together yeah and it's like when he messes up enough i'm like no 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 no, it's spelled with a j (laughs) yeah and that ironically that is my other nitpick with this film the j and it's such a trivial small thing to criticize but you know when he falls through the j he He doesn't die he's like a oopsies yeah well yeah but the circumstances of that so what he basically does that would have been picked up in the recording i just got a notification that would have been picked up sorry that was a windows notification but yeah when he it'll be in the edit when he falls he puts his arm on the other letters like we see it from like the bottom up so all we see is like dirt or whatever but what he's actually got his arms on would have been the other letters that haven't fallen through and they would have been the wrong letters so theoretically those letters should have fallen as well so he would have fallen to his death anyway again (laughs) such a small thing to nitpick but i didn't notice that that i mean i mean every every film no matter how great it is has small nitpicks because there's no such thing as a perfect film i'm clutching a straw set that just shows how great a film this is that we're literally like it doesn't make sense that he puts his hand on dirt like that's what we're (laughs) drawing that that literally is it and that's pretty much my only criticism for the film the catchphrase being said many times and that arm bit you said there were three criticisms what's the third one i'm curious (laughs) damn you for saying that out loud i was like biding my time to remember it oh yeah i'm biding Uh, my time so we'll we'll get there i'm sure forget i said that um let's um and speaking of the ending um the uh, after the nazis are defeated elsa dies and whatnot um that ending shot of um indy henry salah and i think there was another guy just them all riding away on their horses um into the sunset like that is just a perfect way to end the trilogy and it should have stayed like that yes no yes no yes but it's still a perfect way to end the trilogy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh, it's, it's a the fantastic trilogy. Yeah, but if you want to consider it a trilogy, sure, like, this is its own trilogy, but then you've also got one extra that, yeah. you know, I still am glad it exists because there are a few scenes in it that I really enjoy. In fact, there's a lot of scenes <laughs> in here that I really enjoy. Yeah, except from the oh, fridge and the well. monkey swinging scene. Other than those two, oh, and we'll the CGI UFO we'll at them. the we'll end. The them. film is very it's good. It's got uh, <laughs> Indieisms that you would praise if it was in the eighties or nineties. We'll I'm get telling to you. That. Yes. Well, let's Shall move. Let's move it back <laughs> because we so, can't so, just so, um, so yeah, an ending shot, beautiful. If I was a more emotional person, I would have welled up. But I'm a, um, I'm a, I, I'm a person who um you know lacks empathy so i didn't well up at that but i know i would have if i was more emotional so yeah yeah likewise uh, we oh, have to not yeah. just talk about the ending but there's a middle sequence you know where they uh are on fire the room is on fire and they go to the fireplace oh, and they yes. turn and it's the nancy dugout and whatever and this is the point where they had to go to i think it was um a place in berlin i'm not sure of the city to retrieve the diary um and yes that was like I, I, a plot the next plot like the action plot. i want to bring this up i wanted to bring this but, up um okay. i mentioned in the first bit that i'm taking history gcse so i can mention some things yeah that book burning scene is real is really accurate yeah so much so that my history teacher actually played it once in class like he said, he said, just ignore the Indiana Jones plot and just pay attention to all the um the stuff. So, you know, them, but you know, the Nazis. Nah, he just wanted to show you Indiana Jones. Like... He wanted to show you a great film. 
No, yeah, I mean, I wish so, but, yeah, but yeah, you know, the, the um, you know, people burning the the books which had like um, you know, ideas which didn't agree with the Nazis, and you know, people getting autographs from Hitler, like that actually happened because people looked up to him back then. Um, big, obviously, I hope no one looks up to him, uh, looks up oh, to him no, now, no, but no. yeah, it it, it, it was do, really but, accurate. Yeah. I, I think it was I think it was really well made and just really well done nice bit of historical accuracy and I love uh, yeah let's talk about the music as well because I really love the music where Indiana Jones comes face to face with um, Hitler it's like oh, a really patriarchal uh, musical theme and I think it works perfectly um, but the point I was trying to make is that the plot is to do with the diary right and they have to go to yeah. this place and you'd assume that the action would get to um when they actually get to the place that the diary is in but it doesn't they randomly come across a nancy secret base and then you have the whole 10 minute action scene of the nancy's you know chasing him and i thought the nancy's the nazis chasing him it's not like you said nancy's oh it's nancy from uh, the moffat two power in series one that nancy yep no the the nazis like you didn't need that action scene so it went more for spectacle than actual plot and i do respect that because you know it was a fantastic action scene i mean for me i don't think there's a particularly bad action scene in the holy trilogy in the holy trilogy i know i said about i know i said i referred to it as the holy trilogy the reason i called it the holy trilogy is because they're all to do with religion what's the fourth one to do with aliens exactly is that a bad thing? Stay that way. Why though? Because fuck aliens. <laughs> what do you mean fuck it? Well, yeah, fuck you know, aliens. It seems like we all but, just want to move on to Christmas. But Crystal aliens Scott, so I think we should is only a thing in the final day. twenty minutes. Really? The whole I think we, I think we should wrap up with Last Crusade. Yeah, whole, I think everyone wants to move yeah. on to Crystal the Skull. Plot, the, the plot is about aliens, but the focus isn't on the uh, on the aliens until Let's the very end. Let's wrap up Last Crusade, so then we can rant about Crystal Skull. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie, for saving sa- saving us. Indiana yeah, Jones and the Last Crusade audience interaction. We must oh, yeah. do this. What did, did you just forget we were doing that? I forget about audiences, okay? I lack empathy for people. No, this is when he does your reaction. This is the part where you go on your phone and you just wait for like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm just getting that box up. And see what he's tweeting. That's what I normally do. Yeah, I've yeah. just got that box up. I'm reading my own reviews. I like my reviews. I like my own reviews too. I like your reviews. I like them all. Some of them. The ones that I've seen. Multiverse of yeah. Mikeness anyway. said, It's definitely the weakest, but I don't understand the absolute. Oh no, that's bloody Crystal Skull. Yeah, that's yeah. the wrong one. I'm that eager to, to move on that I started reading the audience introduction for that film. Uh, no, he says, It's always close between this and Raiders, but this has to be my favourite. River Phoenix as young Indy slots you off brilliantly. Connery and Ford are awesome and it's genuinely exciting adventure, but with actual emotional depth. Agree with that, Michael, and that's all for Twitter. Uh, so, as for the airboxed, Jamie, Mario Bowser 494, give it a... Uh, uh. There we go. Joey Ellis gave it a five star. Uh, Theodore Stokes gave it a... Nice. Andrew gave it a five. Dan underscore Z underscore one gave it a five. Harry Member gave it a four point five. Gib gave it a four point five. Will Templar gave it a fridge. <laughs> Everyone is so eager. We are gonna have arguments about this next film. God damn. Uh Matt Hall, also known as Matt Wheeler, gave it a three point five. Okay. Uh George Papart gave it 3. a three point five. Who uh, wait, who who the hell said it? Who Matt the hell Hall. said it? Alright. Uh, send them to me I'm coming over 
Oh dear God. Okay. Uh, ben gave it a four point five. It bean soup gave it a five. Coral Oakley gave it a four. Jodie Con gave it a five, and Luke gave it a four. Jamie, guess for us why not? What is your conclusion and score? All right. Um, I'll just read my letterbox one again. This has to be my favorite of the Indiana Jones movies easily. Everything about is is amazing, from the action to the suspense to the adventure to fricking Sean Connery as Henry Jones. If you can only watch one Indiana Jones film, you should watch this one, as it is incredible in every way. It's also the most fun film, as there are some genuinely funny moments, especially between Indy and his dad. I love the bond the two have together. Basically, a perfect way to end the trilogy. Now time to watch that weird fanfic, which somehow got adapted into a feature film. <laughs> oh, wait, was it based on an, uh, a fanfic? No, no, I made that up oh, as a joke. okay, I was going to say, I was like, oh, oh no. Cool. So what is your score for... Um... Oh, oh yeah yeah five stars five stars five, five stars. stars lovely stuff um i'll go next for you you can do the honors of finishing this one up before we move on to arguments all i said was movies don't get much better than this and i gave it a five star and towards the end of the film i was thinking i would give this an 11 out of 10 if i could it's so fantastic uh, the last crusade is quite easiest easiest yeah fuck it <laughs> easiest the best of all the Indiana Jones film, which is quite a high, high bar to. I'm fucking failing here. We we it's sound like a drunken podcast, like sixty year olds just reconvening to review their bar. favorite movies. <laughs> it's a high bar to jump over, and somehow it does it. That sneaky son of a bitch of a film. I gave it a five out of five. <laughs> hmm, I wonder what the average is. Hmm. Hmm. Crystal Skull. Kingdom of the Crystal freaking Skull. But Jamie, Theo, whoever wants to go. Crystal Skull, go. The fridge scene. I just I want to talk about the fridge scene because... It was lead lined. No, that would make things worse. Lead line would make it worse than if it was that, properly lined. Fucking flu. Radiation is going to kill him. Broken bones is going to kill that yeah, man. No. And like, if he just oh, went have, forward, have any of you seen, if he went into no, no, the door, have the door would have opened. The, have any of you guys seen the film When the Wind Blows? I have not. Basically, it's an animated film. It's by the same people who did The Snowman. Uh, it's an animated film which was made during like the 80s about like um, you know um, a nuclear apocalypse, and it was you know obviously made during the height of the the Cold War and whatnot and stuff. It is quite dark and everything, and it had like bits about radiation sickness. So basically, when I was watching the fridge scene, that was all I could think of, and it brought back flashbacks because that that film scarred me. But honestly. The fridge scene is one of the most ridiculous scenes in film. Nothing about it makes sense. Yeah, I absolutely love it for ironic reasons. Oh, I love it as well. Yes, but it's yeah. like you put Indiana Jones in this bizarre situation and you think, oh, crap, how are we going to get him out of this? He's in a town isolated. How is he possibly going to escape? Is there going to be a helicopter close by for no reason? No, let's chuck him in a fridge because using the surroundings and it's just dumb. Like, the bomb is so explosive and the fridge goes bloody flying. If he did survive the fridge, which is highly unlikely, he would have most definitely died from the from the amount of radioactive fallout. Like, I know they had, like, a guy counsel over him and he was fine, but that is just that ridiculous. Man would have that, he 
that he was fine from the radiation. Mm. I love the little, little oh, way they're, you know, brushing him and they go a little bit too low and then he grabs the brush and then he just puts it back to his chest. That was hilarious. <laughs> Although there is actually a theory I heard about how he survived the fridge scene and I don't know whether it's good or not, so I want to get your guys' opinion on it. Okay. Basically, the theory states that the reason Indy survived the fridge scene, despite being battered around in the fridge, the reason why he survived was because he drunk from the Holy Grail in the previous movie. You see, Theo, it makes sense. I know that theory. I, yeah, no. Because <laughs> if that was true, then why was he ever scared of death from beyond that point? And he was also... Buffed. Maybe he didn't know. Maybe he assumed it wore off or something. I don't know. Well... They didn't make a point to that. Maybe he only gets one extra life. If you're in a fridge that's getting flung across a thousand miles per hour and you land really fucking hard in the desert, I'll let you live. I'm still surprised. Can you imagine if the door landed like ground ground up? Like he could Arnie actually lift himself up, yeah. It's like, help, help, I'm stuck in the fridge. Oh. Also, fr- fridges lock on the inside, like, uh, on the on the outside. Something basically, you wouldn't be able to get out of the fridge anyway unless the locks were burst open. Which they probably, to be fair, the locks are probably melted. They mm. had child locks on the fridge. <laughs> but to be child fair, Ray Winston, when he came on, I was like, oh, he's going to do the bet three six five ever, and I was like, oh god damn it, when he didn't. But uh, Ray Winston, to be honest with you excellent side character like playing the triple agent you could say I, I don't remember writing this I, I honestly don't remember writing this I'm just reading through my notes at the moment I just wrote Mac has a sexy voice oh yeah that's why he's in so many you know advertisements and he plays evil guys and stuff I don't know the context but if, if you think so too then clearly I'm not going insane so I wouldn't you. call it sexy but you know he's got the voice of an advertiser funny scene with Mac though in the uh, film where he Indiana Jones jumps into his car and Mac goes, Indy! And then he says, hi, Mac! And then he just punches him with a right hook. I <laughs> yep. And I'm telling you, there's little moments like that of humour that would hit for a lot more people if it was in the first three films. I'm sorry. The humour in this was just as consistent with the other films. Also, the music no, is also it, consistent it, it, it with it the was others. The, if, if, you t- if you count ironic and unironic enjoyment in the same bracket, then this is the funniest film. <laughs> this is the funniest film. It's pure unironic enjoyment. The Last Crusade is the funniest. And uh, ironically, I think this is the best pace of an Indiana Jones film since Raiders of the Last Ark. There was not one Actually, single moment that I thought, okay, this is not the quick pace. But this film has an insanely quick pace. Actually, I think I may agree with you there because I did notice um, the pacing being you know, quite decent and stuff. Yeah, it's a little slow again to, um, at the start, but again, uh, one of my big praises for this film is again um, something that was praised in our earlier reviews of like fear. You praised how Indiana Jones, his face wasn't you know revealed until a few minutes in, where they kind of followed his silhouettes and whatnot. And then this film does exactly the same with the reflection on the car, the shadow on the car, and, and the, the into the fedora, and you see the fedora, and it's purposely not showing you his face and I just think it's little moments like this and it's like little cues and you hear the scream that we touched upon again the funny little scream Uh, so it's just indieisms that were brought back for this film and to pay homage I suppose and I think it works
So, yeah. yeah. I will admit, though, I'm not too big on the opening. Like, you know, first thing you see in this movie is they go into Area 51, the Ark of the Covenant gets a random cameo, and Indy recreates a scene from Hot Fuzz. Oh, yeah, when he drops the gun. You sent me a video of that. Yeah, when he drops you the gun it. and it fires and hits the guy in the foot. And I know the scene is a ripoff of Hot Fuzz because Hot Fuzz came the year before this film. So, yeah, the serious action film. M- stole a scene from bloody hot fuzz i'll be honest it's amazing how such a creative and awesome film that hot fuzz is came before this film because i don't know about you guys but this film especially with the cgi sequences feels very dated and just the general aesthetic of it i think they must have been i think they actually did because i because again i watched it behind the scenes i'm pretty sure they recorded with the same cameras or this like on film like they did with the original trilogy to kind of keep that stick and whilst i do like that it does feel older than 2008 like it doesn't pop it feels very old you know on a map and you have like stains and whatnot and you have that yeah, kind of yeah. a stick with the original trilogy that was stuck around for this film i noticed and that's because of the cameras and whatever they were using to replicate that feel and that fact that hot fuzz came before this really surprises me because this film feels older mm. than yeah yeah hot, hot fuzz, hot fuzz was 2000 what was it 2007 was hot fuzz and this is 2008 it just shows hot fuzz is really innovative and like ahead of his time yep. in many respects yep if i was released now i'd think wow yep so yeah i wasn't too big on the um on the opening but um no no neither i, I but to be honest i did in i was actually really enjoying the film like after the stupid fridge scene I did actually start to get into the film quite a bit and did start unironically enjoying it quite a bit and one of my um, one of my um positives with the film is the characters I really like all the characters um uh, mm. I, I'll mention now um, Mutt or Henry Jones III or whatever you want to call him. I'm just going to call him Mutt because it's easy to say. I, I thought he was a likable um, character and just, um, you know, he, he's, I, I, he's a likable and quite a fun character and stuff. You know, first thing you see of him, he's, ri- he's riding around in a motorbike, you know, riding around the university and stuff. It's like usual Indiana Jones charm to it, you know, riding around the university yeah. and i just i just really like him and obviously um you got his mother marion who i was so happy to see back because yeah i hadn't seen this film in ages so i completely forgot that marion was in this film so i was happy to see her back and she was even better in this film than the first appearance she was in i think she was better in this than in raiders maybe a controversial opinion Mm. but um yeah i do see the criticism yeah fair enough i'm sure many people would but um one criticism i do see often is that the sun didn't feel like the sun but it kind of makes sense because again the father figure wasn't there the father figure had different beliefs about school than the sun so it kind of makes sense that they're kind of two different people oh i, I love the bit where um you know indy's there like you know um oh if, if um school isn't for you then yeah that that's fine and then when he t- spends out his son is like yeah why did you st- why did you quit school yeah they're they're, they're bantering about with school so yeah that was a, another little funny moment but again that's one of my rebels to that criticism but the other is that he's a bit arrogant and i think at the start of last crusade we saw young indy who was also a bit arrogant he was a bit too not up himself but you know he had that self-belief he had that swagger and i think i can't remember the son's name but whoever he is 
he had that same kind of swagger about him and of course he was an archaeologist but i think that's paralleled really well with the library scene that you touched upon where he says you know mm. if you want to be an archaeologist you've got to get out of the library and that kind of talks about the old-fashioned not the old-fashioned views but you know like back in the day when our relatives didn't have social media they didn't have computers they actually had to go outside to socialize and whatever if you really want to experience something go outside and i think that is a great parallel with the relationship between the father and the son and again that's established later when they have their bonding scenes and it's revealed that he's the dad and whatever and you have to see the fallout of that and then you have that as you know a nice little parallel to sink it all back together okay <laughs> that was a long tangent that was yeah that was quite uh but it's, st- it's still good it's i still hope good. people understand um, what i was on about there <laughs> putting aside the actor of course um Theo, what did you think of Matt or Henry Jones III? Um, I don't know. He was just really there. I didn't really care for him at all. Like yeah, he had, fair like, enough, fair he enough. had like quirky moments, and I and I um I was gonna say I quite like the aesthetic that this film has of like it being set obviously a lot later in like this sixties, mm. isn't it? Like it's. I'm 60s. glad they didn't keep it to the nineteen thirties. That really would have um wouldn't have made sense with with um, Harrison Ford's age. Exactly. exactly like the aesthetic of Matt like I look he looks like a proper greaser you kind of get what you need to know about his character just from what he looks like mm. but other than that he's just kind of like there for most of it I didn't really care whenever he was in danger I was just kind of like yeah this character exists <laughs> yeah but fair enough but we ha- we can't not talk about um this guy in terms of side characters god damn John Hurt Oh, I love the little moment towards the end where it's like the building around him is crumbling and then he gives like this really sciencey explanation and I think he sounds exactly like the doctor there and then a second yeah. later Harrison Ford comes up behind him and he says welcome back mate and I just think oh that's such a nice feel good moment so yeah John big, I love John Hurt really good and he's really well acted and I sent you the clip I think I, I don't know whether I sent it on the you did, main, yeah. uh, group chat and stuff but um, the, the bit where John Hurt says no more I did cheer even though this was made five years before Day of the Doctor I cheer whenever John Hurt says no more <laughs> I just because... cheer whenever I see a Doctor Who actor in anything not Doctor Who yeah, yeah. That, that, is, that, is that's Hurt what being a Doctor, Doctor Who fan sorry is John Hurt the only Doctor actor in Indiana Jones? No, I think that would have been it, John Hurt. Yeah. So yeah, um, what do you guys think of John Hurt? Like, um, the, the, his character of Ox, not um, like, obviously he's a legend in the acting yeah, yeah. place. Yeah, I liked him. He was probably the like side character I was kind of most interested in, with like his connection to the skull and whatnot. And I quite liked how he was the only one who kind of knew who was going on, like what was going on, but he couldn't express it easily. Like yes. when the hands um, were coming to get him and stuff, like he was like, "Oh yeah, I know the skull protect us," but he can't express that. He's just like a uh, plunk on the floor. And I kind of do like that kind of character, char- like that kind of character in any kind of media of like the the one who knows what's happening but can't express it. Um, Theo, I know your score. You give it really low. You gotta give some thoughts on why you think it's shit. Well, I was letting you guys suck it off before I started ruining it for uh, you. Okay, yeah, I mean, we've I think, I think I think we know the main reason, and we'll get to that a little bit. We'll save the the best for last. So let's just talk about All one right. more one more character. You know, the the last major character who I, I kind of want to mention. Um, Spalco. Spalco. Who the hell that? I know we've always been calling her the Russian lady. That's oh, because okay. I couldn't remember her name, but I've got I've got a, I've got her written down. Um, Irina Spalco. Irina Spalco. I don't know what she was on, but I want it. No, I just loved her like energy of like, fuck it, I'm gonna stand on this boat car thing and just 
do a sword fight. Like I just kind of rate that attitude. She she was, she, that was like a terrible. Scene. I think she was fun. Like she was she was fun to watch, but I don't think she's like a very good character. No. She's, good at like, great energy. she's just a communist lady. She's just a communist lady, and that's basically it. That's one of the pos- another positive I have this film is I do like how the the villains are the communists because then you have like the first and third are the Nazis, second is like a weird insensitive cult mayhaps and the fourth one yeah go. i always think that um temple of doom like in terms of villains and stuff it always feels really out of place you know um in the 1930s the, the main political opponent and like enemy was the fascists as in the nazis and in the 50s it was the communists and stuff so what would an indiana jones in the 21st century be like uh, we're gonna find out I, I dread no i mean like um I mean, like, set in the 21st century. We might I find out. Think. I, I don't even know when... When is that film, the next film, set? Is the well, film, I don't know, but I imagine it would be the 50s again. It would probably be, like, 50s, 60s. Maybe the, probably the 60s, actually, yeah, now they mention it. Yeah, like, 10 years difference. Yeah, fair enough. So more nuclear bombs, more fridges, yay! Yeah, go on, Phil, give your time read. You mentioned the monkey swing. I call it the Tarzan swing, but same thing. I'm yeah. glad I'm not the only one who thinks that scene is ridiculous. It looks... God awful. The CG does not hold up in that sequence whatsoever. It's yeah, like, what the and fuck? Just, why are all the and monkeys why... just swinging with Mark? Yeah, why, why did they... what's, what's the connection? Is it like, oh yes, he's one like he's just like he's yeah, one with the and now. like they literally just yeah. like yeah, the monkeys just feel bad from there, so they're gonna swing with him for a bit. It's like what, yeah, what the fuck? He... Would just relate with his intelligence level? Was like, ah, monkey, and then they just start swinging through the fucking forest oh, no. and Oh, this does fit with the monkey meme. Yeah, I hate that meme. I love the meme. And also, why was half this film set like in Vietnam? Like, I swear, like it was all just jungle. Wait, 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 I swear it was Mexico it was set in. Yeah, but it felt like Vietnam. It felt like it was trying to be a Vietnam film. That's mm. another thing. It felt like I mean, this, this film is a really film, so I'm surprised it wasn't in bloody Vietnam. I know, but it was, it was. It wanted to be a Vietnam film so hard. Like they had like the commies and the aesthetic and like. Oh, well, controversially, I still prefer this film to Tropic Thunder, so... I haven't seen that. Yeah, neither have I. We watched some very uh, different films. (laughs) The last silly moment. I'm kind of more mixed on, personally, but the infamous ant scene. The reason I'm mixed on it is, like... Like, part of it, some of the moments are ridiculous, um, but it does have a good sense of tension to it. But... At the same time, I can't really get past when the ants were like crawling over the guy and they were going in his mouth and he was just screaming at the same time like, how the hell does that work? Where were the ants going into? Were they just chilling in there? Like, did they go out as... Oh yeah, good where, point. Where did they go It'd out? It would be a bit more muffled. He'd like be struggling to scream because he would be able to breathe. And if you can't breathe, you can't scream. Maybe. I haven't tried that theory yeah, out. It, but the, the biggest moment, the biggest face palm of the ant scene was there's a scene where um, uh, Spalco was like on a vine or something and the ants literally stacked on top of each other to try and reach her and she like kicked them away like oh yeah what they're intelligent also, they know how to kill that level was yeah, bullshit but... <laughs> that's not that's go, not go, go on Let, let's give Theo his his time to shine turned into like a fucking big lego man and started fighting it's like what the fuck I'm glad you <laughs> mentioned that lego you said you were going to mention the lego yes Yes, can, will you will you let me go on a little tangent? Because oh, this isn't really about the film. Okay. But um, all right. 
Lego Indiana Jones 2 The Adventure Continues is a terrible adaptation of the Indiana Jones movies. Basically, my headcanon is that the the creators watched Crystal Skull and their minds melted because they did not know how to adapt to film. So, basically, for some reason, like, the first game is is a certified bop. I think we can agree on that. But the second game, every single movie ends with this great big supernatural boss monster thingy and it just doesn't make sense like seriously here's a little question guess what was in the ark of the covenant in the uh, guess what was in the ark of the covenant at the end of the raiders segment go on guess the stick so let will do this uh you know it wasn't the stick top gear the jerusalem special where they go to jerusalem and they uh uncover the baby jesus and it's the stick that's my guess <laughs> i have no other educated opinion it wasn't it wasn't, it wasn't a stick it was a get this it was a freaking disco ball and then all the nazis just started partying and then bollock just turned into this giant sand beast for some reason like before you were about what? to say bollock actually turns into a bollock then i was gonna be like yes yeah, no, no 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 but he does this great big sand beast and then the the white guy drinks from the holy grail in um last crusade he turns into this great big electrical beast for some reason and then in um crystal skull you know the ants they literally do form together to make in, to turn into a giant lego man but the sad thing is that one that one didn't actually feel out of place that one fit right with right in yeah, that, but that, that you can see why i think it's a really bad adaptation of the movies because it strayed way too far from the um the source material it was just ridiculous is the shortest Lego game. Yeah, Indiana Jones 2 is definitely my least favourite. Second Lego game was shy. First one was amazing. Yep, yep, basically what I said. That was a good tangent. Talk about the Damidians. What the fuck? What the fuck? Why? Yeah, that sums up pretty well. Like, why they looked garbage. Why were they here? We never got an explanation, I swear. They were just kind of chilling under this temple because reasons and because aliens and it's george lucas because it's a discovery everything's bloody yeah, like, the... why were they chilling i swear we never got an explanation why they were just chilling there and like how the fuck did they get the alien from there to area 51 but not find the other aliens and like why, why was the skull because space that, logic that was the unique one they made a point of that early on yeah but like but why <laughs> bullshit it ruins the film the ending does, sucks actually. the ending sucks the final 10 minutes suck the rest of the film oh, is God. I was, I, was screaming. I was screaming throughout the ending because I was home alone um, self isolating I was home alone watching it on the computer and I was literally screaming at it like seriously when the UFO came in the, I that, literally that screamed oh fuck off the, the, fuck the, the off. UFO sequence CGI is absolutely awful like that has like, not aged well. I literally, I literally screamed that. No. You may, you may have to bleep that no. out. I don't care. That is literally what I said. I, it's just, it's just, it's just shit. Like it doesn't. Like this film gets Indy's story right. I feel like, like this film ends with him getting married to Marion and like him, like coming back together with his family, which follows the like narrative that I've been talking about throughout all the rest of the films. But then they're like aliens instead of it being some religious thing, which I get. Maybe they want didn't want to be. Like create another Temple of Doom and be controversial. Although they had those people with little blow dart things, which the fuck it will just not talk oh, about no. them. And oh, then oh no, let's talk about that. That was a fantastic scene. Uh, you know the scene, Jamie, where you know the blow dart people are come out from yeah, the walls. Yeah, yeah, I remember. That's that's it, the that was yeah. so well directed. It made 
what do you mean it didn't make sense? But it made sense. They it was just they like, were, oh yeah, you know the scene at the end of Last Crusade that we were praising about twenty minutes ago or a half hour ago yeah. about the guy protecting their the artifacts, and I think there's a scene in Temple of Doom or Raiders of the Lost Ark where a culture are protecting this one thing. That's exactly the same with yeah, the that's people. That's my interpretation. They're protecting that thing, and it must be protected, and that's where they, that's where they are. Yeah, Temple of Doom. Yeah, but it's just that's the just Ah, go on. Go back to the aliens. It's like, so I feel like Raiders and Last Crusade, they fall like a strict action-adventure genre and don't really um, do other things, whilst um, Temple of Doom and um, Crystal Skull kind of like genre bend. You know, Temple of Doom leans more towards horror and um, Crystal Skull um, leans more towards sci-fi. And it's, I think it's, I think we can all agree that horror fits with Indiana Jones way more than sci-fi. Yes. Yeah, of course. Well, because, because to be fair, because um, Raiders of the Lost Ark had elements of horror in it with the um, traumatizing ending. True. But would you not class it as as, like a sci-fi ending? Because of course it's like got religious context, but it was pretty much like ghosts and evil spirits. It was like the girl in the quiet, the unquiet dead. It's still sci-fi. It's a a very, it's it's a a sci-fi ending. Wait, are you saying that this film's a horror? No, 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 no. I'm saying what I'm trying to say is Indiana Jones has dabbled with sci-fi before. No. Yes. If you're trying to say that like the religious stuff in Temple of Doom was sci-fi, that's not no, sci-fi. No, I literally just made the connection with the ending of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like, yes, it's got the context to religion and it's meant to be interpreted as religion, but there's still pretty much ghosts and phantoms. That's sci-fi. That's, you're delving that's into so- sci-fi I don't, horror. I don't class ghosts. Sci-fi. Really sci-fi. That's 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 if anything that's more horror. Like, yeah. like if you was trying to like, because sci-fi is like science and like aliens and extraterrestrial stuff. Where that's the ghosts what those like, ghosts were, though. They weren't human beings. Just... They were phantoms. They were uh, otherworldly. Yeah, projected by God and his epic rave machine. But the, mm. the the spirits were like directly meant to be like from Earth. Like, well, God, I don't know what like how they explain God in this universe, but. Those spirits are like human spirits, and like that's all kind of. Let's just of... say that the phantoms make more sense in Indiana Jones than aliens. Yeah, sure. This Let's is... just move on, okay? I don't particularly um, agree, but yeah, sure. The 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 aliens just... aren't great, but I did like the sequence when you know they're all were there eight of them where they all merge into one and the sound effects keep getting louder and louder it's like the shloop sound <laughs> effect and I say it kind of I couldn't take it seriously one. because it's an Indiana Jones movie like for me any any scene with the aliens was just automatically bad even if they were well made I just thought it was bad they also looked they really pretty when they actually went into the temple they looked beautiful and they didn't look out. They don't look dated particularly. Uh, For me, I, I didn't like the designs of the aliens. They just look like knockoff Pauls. Okay. If any of you have okay. seen that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen Paul. I'm sure Theo has as well. Hopefully, but what was it? Paul. Yes. Oh, thank God. Yeah. But I didn't like, like the design Pauls. of the aliens with skin. This sounds weird. I liked the aliens without any skin when they were crystals. The crystal design was magnificent, but when they actually merged into their actual being, I was like, ugh, skin. It's because like maybe the typical, like, the basic bitch, like Roswell, E.T. Not not E.T., but like, the like you think extraterrestrial, you think of 
like slender head, big head, like big brain and big black eyes. As I said, yeah. knockoff pulls. Yeah, but you know this film, you know, utilizes a lot of like bright lights in the background to emphasize the moments, like the Chimnal era does with, um, you know, the lens flares and whatever. This film kind of delves into that so i think if at the end they remained crystal so when it was going slip 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 and at the end the sound effect went really loud the music was really impactful this is like a hypothetical i wish this scene was going in this direction and then the final one is the crystal man like the ultimate crystal man the crystal alien man whatever and then just like really emphasizes that moment with a bit of light in the background that reflects through the crystals as opposed to just merging into this typical alien i think that could have been so amazing and then have that and without the ufo she's lighty effects and then and then uh spalco's eyes erupt into flames and to be honest, I, well, I didn't like that bit. It, it was kind of satisfying because I've seen that clip many times before for, like, you know, representing stuff. It's like, oh, so that's where it comes from. I was just going to say, I agree with you with, like, the alien designs. Like, the crystal skeletons and, like, the crystal skull itself, I think, look really nice. And, like, they get the job mm. done. When they get the flesh and, like, when they become, like, alien aliens, it just feels really uninspired. I know what they were trying to do, but it just feels like, oh, uh, fuck, yeah, yeah just alien. Me? For me, the crystal skull is the best looking artifact that they have to carry around because, you know, it's like it is. To be fair, there isn't really much of a competition because you've, you know, the the comparison is like across a glowy rock. Yeah, and Th- they're um, so iconic though, just for being so basic. And, 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 and the medallion, you see. Yeah. The, the crystal skull is awesome though because of the sound effects you know the constant you know when it's actually in shot you know that sound effect it's like the magnetic sounds really amplified I really like I the sound effects I didn't get the magnetic bit for, um, though but the sounds were good the sound design was good yeah, and, I, I, yeah the music yeah. the yeah, music is good. as good in this um, film Agreed. as it is in the other films so Agreed. Uh, one last ridiculous moment is the bit at the end after the wedding when the doors burst open and the wind just carries the fedora around and just like, why? Just why? Well, yeah. Why is this needed? Did it land on like mud or something? It did. I his feet yeah. and then he picked it up. But then Indiana took it and then the theme tune kicked in and then the credits rolled, which I thought was a lovely little scene to end on. Just a mud door that kind of made me happy. But I see my my. I just want to mention this that personally for me. I think this film had potential to be as good as the original three if it didn't have aliens in it because I yeah. think everyone, everything else was working really well for me. Like, I like the adventure, I like the pacing, I like the characters, I like the music. Um, I did actually really like the direction and stuff, but Agreed. as soon as the aliens got involved... I, no. I think with the humour and as the well sequences... As, and not just the aliens, yeah. just other stupid moments like the but fridge scene. Again, the, the obvious silly moments unforgivable right however there were little slightly similar moments of silliness with the humor and stuff and i do think people would be and i i'm gonna mention this again i think they would be more forgiven of it if it was in the other three movies in the original trilogy i think if you take some people's criticisms and put them in the first three films you wouldn't mention it I don't think. Mm. I think those. Nah, I, I disagree. Not, 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 not the fridge. Like, like I said, not the obvious silly scenes, but some of the oh, humor. Know. But it's just no, they're writing. The humor was working. When I said the stupid scenes, I mean things like the fridge scene and oh, right. the, yeah, um, yeah, the Tarzan yeah. swing oh, and the um, the um, the ants um, building yeah. on top of each other. Audience interaction. Uh, so. 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 
So hopefully it's not just Mike this time. It is just Mike. Mm. Uh, uh, it's definitely the weakest, but I don't really understand the absolute. Oh, why does he do these very vocabularic words? Vitrolic, absolute vitrolic hate it gets. I saw at the cinema. Isn't it vitrolic? That probably yeah. I saw at the cinema and it was still fun enough ride. There's some good performances outside the leads too, which we all kind of agreed on. And the sci-fi angle was intriguing, even though it was handled badly. And then he had a go at me for calling it a reboot. Yeah, wh- whatever. Uh, as for Letterboxd, Mario Bowser 494 was given it a... Aliens! George Ellis gave it a three. Theodore Stilks gave it a... Tarzan swing! Swing! <laughs> I like your approach with this one. something else. <laughs> yeah, I, Andrew gave I, it I a four else. star. How, you better do it quick. Harry Memory gave it a two star. I love Andrew for giving it a four star. Well done, Andrew. Uh, Will Templar gave it a... I can't think of anything else. Ants! Commies! Oh, yeah, ants! <laughs> Lego Indiana Jones 2 sucks. Right, that is the uh, sound effect alternative for me. Nice. Uh, George Papad give it a 2 star. Matt Hall give it 2.5. Roman Wallace give it a 2. Ben give it a 1. It's Been Soup give it a 2.5. Carl Oakley give it a 1.5. Joe Decon give it a 2. And Luke give it a 2. So, yeah, a lot of 2s, a lot of 2.5s, uh, a couple of 3s. One four, but yeah, generally mixed, not offensively awful, not no, you know, real good scores. But speaking of good scores, Jamie. Oh, Three. all right, all right. Let, let's let's read my letterbox one, and <laughs> if there's anything else I need to clarify, I will mention pressure. it because I can't remember what I had it all. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is easily. Can you stop singing? Because it's, <laughs> okay. it's throwing me off. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is easily the weakest Indiana Jones movie. However, despite a lot of its flaws. I still find it quite overhated. I will say that what ruins this film for me is the aliens. Why on earth was sci-fi implemented into Indiana Jones? It seriously does not fit at all and makes little sense. Because of this, the ending was absolutely horrendous. I cringed so hard when a UFO appeared and the alien who looked like and when the alien who, who looked like Paul rocked up. It was bad. There are also just a lot of dumb moments like Mutt swinging through the trees like Tarzan and some of the stuff of the ants and, of course, that goddamn fridge scene. After saying all that though, I do still like most of the film. Indy is great as usual, it's great to see Marion back, John Hurt kills it as Ox, and Mutt is a great secondary character. The action is just as good as the other films and so is the score. I also really like the adventure and the settings for this film. So overall, if this film didn't have the aliens or the fridge scene, then it probably would be as good as the original three. Still, it's decent, but I did knock off half a point purely for the ending. So I'm going to give it, you probably call it generous, but I did still have an enjoyable time and it wasn't boring at all, so I'm giving it three and a half stars. Man wrote a feces for a conclusion. Jesus, Webb. <laughs> had a lot to talk about. I love how you kind of delivered that. That was very professional. I like that. Um, as for me, I'll let Theo go last again. Um... My review is as simple as the amount of CGI used in the final sequences is shameful but I'm telling you remove the excessive CGI and release this 15 years earlier and the average score would be around a 3.0 and that's my conclusion and I give it What do you expect? It's George Lucas of course he's obsessed with CGI True Um, I give it a 2.5 so yes I pretty thought you'd rate it similar to me because um, you you seem to like enjoy it quite a I mean, from what I could tell from this, um, I read it um, quite a lot, but I do think the direction was slightly. It was really good for the most part. 
I won't. Actually, I'm not going to criticise the direction. I'm going to criticise the editing. There were a couple sequences towards the start, for example, in the office scene, where they cut between different angles, and continuity wasn't quite there. Oh, but- yeah, I forgot to mention when when Mutt is going through the um the library that it had the single worst Wilhelm scream I've ever seen in the film. Oh, that was the one I was uh, referring alluding to earlier. Yeah, th- yeah, th- that was like, so funny. It- it's just like someone just ducks out of the way and he all you can hear is, ah! Yeah. And just, what? Yeah. What the actual don't hell? Get me, don't get me wrong. Love all the films. I think the pace is at its best since Raiders of the Lost Ark. I think the pace of this film is better than Last Crusade and Temple of Doom. I think the music is just as superb. I think um, I really like the homages. I think, um, yeah, it's a, it's a really respectful uh, film in my opinion compared to the old ones in, in terms of it pays respect to the old ones um, but again it did hit miss the mark should I say um, in regards to the aliens quite massively and you know yeah. linked with those continuity errors it isn't the best made film and I think there is a certain down there's a definite downgrade between this and Last Crusade for example which is like exceptionally made so yeah that's my justification for the score it's still on the positive side I give it 2.5 if I were forced to give it like a 2 or 3 I probably would have went for 3 uh, but yeah that's my conclusion and score how about now you now let's feel? hear Theo's rant I'm looking forward to this <laughs> if he's got one does he have I give one it in the locker I honestly I, this is a film I just honestly I don't really care enough about it mm. to like because with like um, Home Alone 4 which I gave half as half a uh, point. I gave it. Uh, that's the only one I give a zero point five because. I give it one star. I think. Yeah. Ah, right. Sorry. Sorry, I got yeah. confused. Sorry, I'm trying to act smart. That's the uh, one of the only films I've like. I have a passion hatred for. Like, I can go into why I hate this. With this one, it's just kind of I don't care enough about it to give it too much hate. Mm. But there are mm. some things I do like. Like, I like the communists and like the settings and some of the jokes work. But I just don't care enough about it, and I fucking hate the aliens. So I think <laughs> very justifiable. Yeah, I think so yeah. too. I, I can see why people don't like this film, and that's perfectly justified. I'm just, yeah, yeah. I think there's enough there to actually warrant, you know, a, a decent score. But I'm intrigued to know has your score changed from a one star feel? Nah, it's always been a one. Okay, so oh dear God, so, I have to um, look at the average now. So can I? I mentioned this earlier, but can I um, go through like where all the Indiana Jones films are currently in my 2022 film ranking? Yes, I really want to know. Go for it. All right, so I'll do it in um, chronological order. So um, I have seen a total of 34 films this year. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark is currently in number 12. It is above Finding Nemo and below Coco. So two Pixar films. Yep. Temple of Doom is a bit lower at number 18. It is a, it is above Onward and below Goldfinger. I do like um, Onward. Goldfinger. Oh, uh, it's below Goldfinger, did you say? Yeah, yes, yeah, below Goldfinger. Okay, I can I can get behind that. Goldfinger's a fantastic film. I do really like it, aside from the police moments. Oh, yes. Um, Last Crusade is, is um, for me, it is the weakest five-star film I've seen this year, but it's still in number 10. Um, above Coco, um, which um, which I already mentioned, and below When the Wind Blows, which I also mentioned um, earlier in this recording. Yes, I did really like it. So, um, so yes, and so yeah, there were a total of. So when you said films don't get much better than this, I was just thinking, well, I've currently got nine <laughs> films which I prefer to it in my ranking. So and that's this year as well. 
Yeah. One of which is Interstellar, so that'll make you happy. Yeah, big up Interstellar. And um, controversially, um, I think in terms of where I put it, um, Crystal Skull is in number 28, above being John Malkovich and below from Russia with Love. That's probably very controversial. Again, I, I prefer, prefer, I prefer I love Russia people, I, I know people um, love being John Malkovich, but I, care much, I, I didn't care much for it. But From Russia with Love, I like to call that from Trainline with Love because they spend about 75% of the film on yeah. a train <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah that wraps up our conclusions of scores the average score comes to a 2.16 so we'll round that of course to a 2 out of 5 damn uh, so yeah once again I've been Will this has been Phil but it has been me our special guest today has been Mario Bowser 494 I stand the fridge scene see ya yeah, thank you guys for watching. Please like, subscribe. Please give us a five star if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts and now Spotify because Spotify have also got a rating system. Uh, we have loads of five stars and like one four star now on Apple. So if you're that one Who did uh, the four, four star? star, give us a damn five star. Okay, that wraps up today's episode. Thank you guys for watching. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Oh, now we can go on. Goodbye.